BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Fifty-three hours, fifteen minutes, actually twenty-five minutes. Check that with the four twenty-five start. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Black Friday. Happy post Thanksgiving. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis hanging out with you. What's up, everybody in the chat? Tone, I want to start with you. How was your Thanksgiving, my man? Oh man, Thanksgiving was great. Me and the wife put together an amazing spread. Couldn't ask for anything better or anything more. In in the night, playing some uh, you know some games, some Uno. You know what I mean. Just took it easy. Um, and I made a QVC purchase. That's that, that's the fun thing about it, right? Oh, you know you know those channels where they're constantly selling you stuff, and all know. they do is sell, sell, sell. Yep. And typically, those channels are reserved for you know the ladies and you know uh, the, the the people. Uh, let's say the elder state, the elder yeah. statesmen, right? Yeah. Um, the veterans, the, vets. the veterans, right? Yeah. And I don't know, man. I found myself watching QVC and HSN for like three hours for some reason. Maybe it was wow. the food. Maybe it was the food coma. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I got stuck on the couch and I didn't feel like pick, going to pick up the remote. And all of a sudden, I ended up buying a, a water pick. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. All right. So go. uh, it's good to see everybody. We got Twiz. We got Puka, South Jersey, Decoy. I'll even give William a little love. Uh, Father Sean. Broke the mold, uh, Guillermo. What is up, everybody? If I missed any Chuck, what's up? If I missed anybody, uh, appreciate you guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, had a good, had a good Thanksgiving. We had about uh, ten-ish people here, somewhere around there. Okay, we're uh, we're okay. Yeah, it was cool, man. We uh, turkey crushed, uh, great sides, unbelievable. It was a team effort. Uh, wife made the turkey, son made the mashed potatoes, and the mac and cheese. My daughter made. 
uh, sweet potatoes, uh, a bunch of stuff. It was, it was a good team effort, man, and I supervised. Okay. So any, any? Uh, oh, you supervised, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> any leftovers? Yes. Oh, plenty of leftovers, man. Same so, here. Yes, that, Same that, here. I, yeah. I didn't realize how much food me and the wife made until we were sitting down making our plates, and all of a sudden we look up. It's like, damn, we can uh, invite some people over for this thing. That's but, right. Uh, or we're know. good for for a couple of weeks here. So either way is good. Man, yeah. oh, man. Uh, what did we uh, – we had, uh, you know, we had uh, the turkey. We had uh, the ham. We had the baked macaroni and cheese, uh, stuffing, uh, collard greens, candied yams. Um, my wife likes cranberry sauce. But, mm-hmm. You know, um, what else do we have on that table, man? You know, with the gravy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, – you know, had the bottle of wine right there. Oh, yeah. Had some, you know, had some nice, some nice casual uh, jazz playing in the background. You know what I mean? Just, just like taking it. it easy and, and, and enjoying it. We had some apple pie, cornbread, uh, Hawaiian rolls. Can't go wrong without the can't, love, go, can't go wrong with the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian rolls. Underrated Hawaiian rolls. Sweet, way. sweet potato pie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we 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 pretty much we pretty much did it. It was nice. It was Enjoy cool, man. Was Everything came out great. Yeah, I was good. pretty you proud of myself. Stuff. That's nice, man. Good. It was your first. I know it was your first one. You know, away from the family. So that's yeah, man. Just me and the wife. First one away from, from our family. So it was. It was different, man. but um, stayed in, pretty much stayed in constant contact with the family, checking in. It was. It was pretty good though. Everything worked out though. Great, man. Uh, that's that's the beauty of uh, you know FaceTiming and everything else we can do now. So, uh, yeah, good, man. Everything went well. Yeah. How was the uh, Cheerio crusted turkey? Asks John. That Anderson. is hilarious. It, it caught. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Hold on. Where? Uh, there we go. Man, these things fly so fast. Uh, yes, it was beautiful. I wish I could have had that, but it was good. Everything you should, else. You should, you should think about making like a Cheerio crusted uh, sweet potato pie. That'd be that'd be interesting for you. I, honey I, nut I, or I honey. Like well, you don't like honey nut. Never mind. I know. I go regular. Chuck, way to go, Rob. Gamecock Nation. Yeah, I'm repping, repping the squad up here. My daughters are going to the yeah, Clemson game is this weekend. So at, at Williams Bryce, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, and Clemson's had a bit of a down year. Uh, South Carolina hasn't been great this year, but it's a great rivalry. The schools are about two hours apart. It's it's very, very cool. Uh, yeah, my daughter was going to go, but she's home. So I'll, I'll take that trade off any day of the week. Anyway, uh, good to be hanging out with all you guys. And the other thing about yesterday, Tone, is um, – you know, all you were really looking for was for one of the teams to help you yesterday, right? It yeah. was asking a little bit too much to get all three, but you did get help. To be the most significant one. The most I significant agree with one. You. Yep. The early game was the biggest one because what you really needed was the one team that still had two losses to get off your tail a little bit. And for uh, Green Bay to go in there and beat Detroit yesterday was huge because now Detroit is eight and three and you know the eagles are sitting there not only as the lone team with one loss but now you know you got you got a little bit of spread between you and and the next team so the way the nfc and we'll get really heavily into those games in a little bit uh in the show but if you look at the nfc playoff standings right now it's eagles nine and one san fran eight and three detroit eight and three uh dallas is in that five hole because new orleans is the leader in that in their division but basically what you're looking at here is San Fran 8-3, uh, Detroit 8-3, and, and Dallas 8-3. and three. So um, all in all, successful day, even though the Eagles didn't have to do anything yesterday, for sure. Good work out of uh, out of Green Bay, big time. Yeah, man. It, it was a domination, too. Like they, yeah. they controlled that game pretty much from beginning to They're end. They're getting man. better, by the way, Green Bay. They're they are. Better. They are. Two back-to-back wins against um, some pretty high-quality opponents, I would say. Um, I know the Chargers are underwhelming on the – you know, on the scorecard in terms of the record, but they're a talented, they're a talented bunch. Um, and then 
You followed up beat you followed up beating the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving in their stadium. That's that's no small feat. Mm-hmm. Uh especially what we, especially what we know about Green Bay. So maybe they're trending in the right direction. Could Green Bay sneak into the NFC playoff race? You never know. Now they're tied with the Vikings. The Vikings mm-hmm. gotta well, the Vikings gotta make some moves, man. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I I'll tell you, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I the more the more I see of Detroit, I I, I respect them. But the more I see of them, uh, to me, it's it's really I, – and I know you know they're, they don't play anybody the rest of the way, quote-unquote, but I think it's a two-horse race after the Eagles. I think it's – the two teams I'm I'm truly, I guess, concerned whatever with are San Fran and Dallas. Sorry. Right, and, and, and I think that's something we knew from the beginning. Yeah. Um, Detroit was a team that we knew was trending up, but their recent success is um, refreshing. Um, but they're still not quite there yet. There's still uh, some deficiencies on the defense side of the ball, especially in the DB room. Um, there's they're they're still about a year or so away um, from being able to compete with teams like the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and you know I don't really think too highly of the Cowboys, but I respect them. Um, yeah. You know if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know it's so funny, right? You know it kind of brings me to. Oh, uh, this question I asked you before we got on, right? Uh, the Eagles do have the, the, the do have the league's best, the NFL's best um, record with nine and one, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Cowboys are sitting at eight and three. Niners are eight and three. Um, Lions are eight and three, right? Yeah. But it still seems like the Eagles are still trying to prove themselves to the masses, right? You, I mean, you look at these other teams that you know that we're comparing them to, right? Forty Niners, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of uh, uh, scoring differential or, or or point differential between these teams, you know, the Eagles, um, their point differential is, is plus 61. But when, the, when you look at San Fran, point differential plus 140, the Cowboys plus 162. So it begs the question, are the Philadelphia Eagles one of the more underrated Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC? Yeah, I think they are. Uh, I think they are. By the way, let me just give you a little breaking news here. Uh, the commanders have fired uh, Jack Del Rio and their defensive backs coach are both gone. Wow. <clears throat> so they've gotten rid of both of those guys. Seems a bit premature, if you ask me. Uh, I mean, I, and the reason I say premature is because I don't think that's your sole issue. And where are you going? The like that do you expect that move to position you better to make a play? I, I don't understand. It kind of seems like cutting your nose to spite your face to me. I don't know. You tell me, man. Um, I don't think Jack Dorio is a bad coordinator, bad defensive coordinator, bad head coach for sure, but not a bad defensive coordinator. Uh, you traded away your two best edge rushers. That's right. What do you what do you expect to happen? Yep. It's kind of listen, man, these these, these ownership groups. These GMs, man, it's all about self-preservation these days. I agree with you, and and a coach too. I mean, you know, let's face it. And the the statement that the commanders put out uh, this morning, I this is from Josh Harris. This morning, I spoke with Coach Rivera, and he recommended that the team make changes at defensive coordinator and defensive backs. He recommended I, that. Yeah, he recommended it. So this was coming from the coach, basically, not even the owner. And yeah. I don't know what you expect hmm. when you're going to trade away. Excuse a guy me. who's going to get fired, fired someone. Correct. Hmm. 
Yeah, like if I'm Josh Harris after that putrid effort yesterday, I don't think it really matters. I don't think they're making the playoffs no matter who the coach is, and they're already in sell mode. But I would have made a whole whole wholesale change. I would Rivera would have been gone too. Yeah. But we've already seen now one head coach, one general manager, and one offensive coordinator in Vegas. Offensive coordinator in Buffalo, offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, now defensive coordinator and defensive backs coaches already bounced. I'm willing to argue because I watched part of that game yesterday, and there was a, a strong spend in that game where the commander's defense kept that offense in the game. Um, there, there were many drives in a row. I think it was maybe three or four drives, if I'm not mistaken, where that I mean, that commander's defense stepped up big time, um, especially mm-hmm. like uh, early on in the third quarter. Um, you know, for the better part of the third quarter, really, uh, they were getting three and outs. Uh, they were getting tackles for loss. They were creating opportunities for the offense. And I'm seeing Eric Bieniemy with these mind-boggling play calls on third and one. You uh, on what is it? Uh, on second and third and one. On third and one, you throw a deep shot when all you need is the one yard to, to, to keep your drive going. Yep. You throw a deep shot for some odd reason, and you don't get it. And then you go forward on fourth down. It was almost like they, they did it backwards. Yeah. Instead of uh, it was terrible play calling. It was it was terrible on offense. And I think Sam Howell did everything he could to keep that team in the game. He didn't turn the ball over the. Uh, I I think he turned about towards the end. I think in the fourth quarter he threw a pick six. If I'm not mistaken. But for the better part of that game, he was protecting the ball. He was efficient. He was effective. They were able to move the ball. But whenever they got across the 50 yard line, yeah, Eric Bieniemy kind of turned into a pumpkin. So yep. I don't think def- – yeah, they gave up 40 points yesterday. I, I get that, right, or 30, whatever it was. But yeah. the, the, the a, a team that, that limited on defense, the fact that they held you into the game that long, you got to score some points. Yeah. At some point against the Dallas Cowboys, the levies are going to break. You yeah. cannot put your defense in a position like that if you're the offense. you got to score. you got to help them out. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. think they were the problem. I know they put up all those points, but I don't think they were the problem. I, no. I just don't. But again, just makes you glad to where you are. So our, uh, your question was before uh, we, we hit that breaking news. Are, are they underrated? Yeah, I think they are. I think, I think they're, you know, it's weird. I think they're, they get more, um, I think, res- respect slash recognition nationally than they do locally. I think in part because we're a little bit spoiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want style points now. And I think in part because, you know, we, in we see that it isn't perfect right now, and the expectation is that you don't want something biting them in the butt in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. And the Eagles haven't played their A game yet completely, so I think it's I think it's kind of twofold tone. I don't think it's just nationally. I think we're we're a little tough on this group locally too. Yeah, really you know, don't. I used to, I, you know, I, every time we, we had this conversation, um, I used to always give you a little pushback about the locally part. Yeah, and um, I'm starting to believe you because. You know, there are still people who talk about the Eagles who are who are nine and one as if they're seven and four. Right. 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 Or um, seven. Well, yeah, seven and three or seven mm-hmm. and four, however you, however you want to put it. Or uh, they talk about them as if they're only have seven wins, eight wins. They talk about them as if they're not leading the pack, although they have not played their best game or the most complete games. They've been very consistent in how they win, yeah. and that is in the fact that they can win in a multitude of ways, and they do everything that it takes to win. They've been winning. They've been winning team football games. You know what I mean? It's been a lot of complimentary football. If or 
or other sides of the ball rather have kind of been stepping up but the other side is kind of leaking a little bit you know they've been they've been holding each other down for several weeks in a row and on top of that they have high quality victories to boot that's the thing right and i talked about this um i think it was i think i talked about it with with dan uh yesterday or the other day a lot of people talk about this eagles team and they question the legitimacy and i think that's because they can't qualify or quantify what the eagles are doing they have a hard time understanding how is this team still winning these games how are they winning in this fashion? Well, I, I think too, the, yeah, it, it's hard to wrap your head around nine and one, nine and one. <clears throat> the, you know, the last two years, it's hard to wrap your head around fourteen and three, nine and one, twenty three and four. Uh, you know, in the last twenty seven games, especially when the nine and ones look different, right? This nine and one yeah. looks totally different than last year's nine and one. It does it? Does no, for sure. And and I think the other thing is we're so offensive geared, like we're mm. so. If it doesn't look clean on offense, we're gonna we're we're gonna take some points off because maybe it doesn't look as good. Because I think we're just so geared and and wired towards offense. So I think that's part of it too. It doesn't look quite. It's not a clean game. No, but you know what's funny? Like the points per game total uh, per game last year versus this year is very similar. They've gotten it in different ways, but it's very similar. It's not far off now. That said, we know we're watching this. The offense hasn't been as as smooth and fluid as it as we want it to be. And you feel it, you're still waiting for that game where it was like we saw it all today. We saw Hertz look awesome. The running game was there, all the weapons and blah, blah, blah. That hasn't happened yet. You know, I think there's been more complete defensive efforts than offensive efforts, be it the Miami game. You only mm-hmm. gave up 23 against Dallas last week against Kansas City. I, I don't feel like we've we've stepped away from that. I, I think there's, even though Buffalo's defense is good numbers wise, I think there's some opportunities this week. Uh, they have some injuries, and I think I think the Eagles should be able to score some points in this game. I'll be concerned if they if the offense doesn't look good against this Buffalo team. Yeah, um, I would have to agree with you. Um, and, and we're definitely going to break this down more as yeah. the show goes. But um, although the Lions did lose. They fell to eight and three. The Eagles are still nine and one. They have to win this game on Sunday to take a commanding two game lead. Right. You know, yep. they, they can't they can't just lose that game and then they're back in square one. So they have to win this game to solidify that two games, that two game lead on uh, the Niners, the uh, the Cowboys and the Lions. Um, so far, so good. They're two and oh in this six game stretch. I think it continues, and we're going to give our score predictions later on Later on, as the show goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, though. Uh, the defense has put together some some really stellar performances, especially in the second half, and that speaks to uh, Sean Desai's ability to adjust. And it just so happens that some of his best performances that the defense has been able to provide uh, has come against some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, Tua yeah. Tagovailoa. Um uh, he had a strong – no one really talks about this, but they had a strong third quarter against the Dallas Cowboys that allowed them to get an 11-point lead um, going into the fourth. Um, uh, shutting down a Matthew Stafford and Puka Nikoa and Cooper Cup in the second half of that matchup. And people forget, although the Rams don't have a great record now, at that time, that offense was electric, and they were humming. They were putting up points, and they were competitive. Um, obviously, they've tapered off, but at that time, um, that offense was was generating a lot of – a lot. Of, generating a lot of static for opposing defenses. And then uh, you shut down Patrick Mahomes um, completely in the second half. They weren't allowed – they weren't able to put up any points. Now, sure, did uh, the did the receivers drop some balls? Yeah, but that's not an equals problem, right? 
Um, the reality is those guys got to do their job and the Eagles got to, the Eagles got to do theirs. And also another thing as well, although they didn't put up any points in that second half, let's be honest about this. Mm-hmm. When you really look at it, did the game really just hinge on uh, Marquez, Vandez, Scantley drop? Did, no, like, did, uh, was like, it, hu- it was a huge play. It was huge. No, there were a lot did, of things. That but led- was that really their issue? No, they well, couldn't put up any points in the se- any points in the second half. It wasn't just right. that throw or the drops. They couldn't get any offense going. They stopped yeah. running the ball. They were just they were just. And the Eagles got two takeaways in big spots. The Bayard interception, you know, was I believe a red zone interception or at least yep, red zone in the first half. Yep. Kelsey's absolutely was in the red zone. So yep. you know something that's been an issue for this defense all year was taking the ball away, and they had two massive takeaways in that game. Absolutely. So like, I got a question for you now, right? Um. So far, they've checked your box of being able to, you know, force the action, um, make some plays on defense to give their offense some more opportunities. They've done that in the Chiefs game. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to, uh, I want to iron this out and you know, and, and flush it out more and more as the show goes. But you know, just you know, just to get the wheels turning for you, um, how how much can this defense build on that second half performance on the road in Arrowhead um, against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? How how can, can, can they stack that performance on top of another one this Sunday, especially it's the fact that they um, th- th- there's nothing that can there's nothing more um, that can that can improve your confidence than shutting down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the second half of a football game? All right. So here, here the answer is yes, for a number of reasons, in my opinion. Number one, you only got one sack last week. You impacted plays in a positive way, but you only got one last week. This team could absolutely get more sacks per game, which is, is going to bode well for them. Number two, you fired starting to look more comfortable. Roby in the slot. Mm-hmm. Today, Nick Sirianni wouldn't rule out Avante Maddox maybe coming back this season. Get okay. out. Really? Yes. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a long shot, but that's there's a shot. Okay. Um, the other thing is I think that Slay and Bradbury, older guys, needed this, needed some rest. They got some rest. Uh, I didn't see a ton from Jordan Davis in, in, in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. I expect him to bounce back this week. I think the, the it was an anomaly the way that the Chiefs ran on the Eagles in the first half. They're a very good run team. They can make teams one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, so can they build on this? Absolutely, they can build on this. And the good thing is maybe they they, they started, you know, they, they kind of broke the seal on getting turnovers, which had been a problem for them this season. So, yeah, I think there's every reason to believe this defense. See, I think there's room for improvement on both sides of the ball. The offense, definitely, without a question. And the defense, surely. I mean, I um, – I think there's a lot more there, and I think Sean Desai is good. I'm I'm starting to really feel good about Desai and, and what he's doing here in terms of adjustments and whatnot. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, on top of that, the players are responding, right? Yeah, you know we've seen situations where it doesn't matter how much talent you have, um, if guys aren't responding to the guy in charge, they're not. You know, it's going to show on the field. Case in point, Chargers. Um, yeah. they're they're talented on defense, yet for some reason they can't stop anybody. Um. So, but when you, when you really think, when you really look at the Eagles' defense, um, some would argue, well, the back end is really more so names than talent. But um, I still believe Darius Slay and James Bradbury are two of the better um, corners in the NFL. Not the best, but they're on the better side of things. Um, if you had if you had two sides of a if you had two sides of um, a school gym, and you said bad corners to the left, good corners to the right, I think Bradbury and Slay would you know would go to the right with the good corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Kevin Byard, a guy who has experience, um, a guy, again, 
bad safety to the left, good 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 safety to the right. I still will put Kevin Byard on the good side um, of safeties. Uh, Reed, Blank- Reed Blankenship is showing that he's a reliable, good safety. He had, he, I think, he's actually the highest rated um, Eagles DB. Um, so far through this season, um, according to PFF, I think his PFF um, ratings is, is in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So he's been the highest rated DB for the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. um, through the entire season, believe it or not, um, when he's been on the field. And then you have Bradley Roby, a guy who's starting to settle in. I think I think this defense is turning in the right direction. And um, as long as Sean Desai can continue to stack these stack these performances and he's been doing it again against the better quarterbacks. Sure. Um, it's kind of been the lower the lower quarterbacks has kind of just been able to just have free reign because I think it's I think it's because he's he just he he I don't know you see you, you see Sam Howell do his thing and you see you know these other quarterbacks kind of just have yeah, fun. Yeah, it's puzzling how that happens. It it, it, it is puzzling, but it, it at least I can I can I can roll with that. A guy who shows up in the biggest games against the biggest quarterbacks in the biggest moments, I I'll take that. And again, the team is nine to one, but again, that goes without saying. Um, the offense has to improve as well, and I expect a lot of things from Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown this sun, um, this Sunday. But we're going to talk yeah. about that as well as the show goes too. I mean, if you think for a second that AJ Brown uh, catching one ball for eight yards isn't going to light a fuse, <laughs> you know, for him this week and and going forward, I, I don't know what to tell you. You haven't been watching this guy, so I, I expect AJ Brown to get loose in a big, big way uh, this week. All right, let, let's let's do this because there was um. There was an impassioned plea, Tone, from Nick Sirianni on Wednesday uh, regarding Brian Johnson, and he sort of circled back to it today as well, mm-hmm. and really, really went to bat for him. I, and and not look, I get it. Some people say, oh, of course he does. Yeah, I, not surprisingly, he wasn't going to bash his offensive coordinator, but really mm-hmm. said that people don't understand, you know, aren't seeing what's going on here, etc. So let let's talk about that. Let's look at this Eagles offense a little bit. And dig into a bunch of other things. We got a lot to do here uh, today. A lot, lot to do. Bill's defense is vulnerable. Uh, there's some things that we'll get into with that, um, and what they, what you have to be leery of with this because they are still a talented team and a desperate team. So a lot to do uh, between now and the end of the program. We'll get into our full blown preview of all the games this weekend. We'll look back. Have a game today, actually. Uh, Dolphins and the Jets. Strange time, right? Yeah, Black Friday game. I think the NFL is is going to start. We're going to get. You know what? This is the first one, Tone. You watch next year, double header, uh, triple header the next year. And I'm telling you, man, mm. it used mm. to be just they would they would give it up to the college ranks. And the NFL is Jaws. And yeah, just eating everything that's in the way, man. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like Pac Man. They just walk a walk a walk. They just come out of everything. Walk-a. Yes, exactly right. All right, let's do all. By the way, I was more of a Miss Pac Man than a Pac Man fan. You know what's so crazy? Like, I obviously Pac Man came out way before. You know, yeah. But like I've always wondered, like what's the stark difference between the two? The graphics, not that they're like we say graphics. Were, today it's it's almost. I know like, what you mean yeah. by those standards. I got those you. standards back then. They were better, and there was like more more levels to go to, and the power pellets were better. I'm getting really geeky, but yes, there was a no, lot. You're all good. I, like, I, I like this route. Banana, you're all good. you know the whole thing. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll continue with the Eagles discussion. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're hanging with you on this football Friday. It's Friday. You just cooked. You just did everything. You went crazy yesterday, right? The last thing you feel like doing is cooking today. So I got the perfect spot for you. It's Bravo Pizza of Havertown. You pop in there, man. All kinds of choices. All right. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. 
They have the specialized pizza, however you want it. But if you don't feel like eating pizza, pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. And the other thing is Bravo Pizza of Havertown is committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for little leagues, for the local schools, you name it. Uh, they're always looking to help people out. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, PA. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center. Havertown, give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more from Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money. 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Look at Rob already attacking the leftovers. Look at that, man. I know what? Already I, got I, the leftovers in front of him. No, I am going to. Right now, I'm, I'm eating uh, a plate of pretzels. So <laughs> I will get that. That's coming. This is the appetizer. Uh, all right. So a couple things. Uh, as I mentioned, Nick has kind of gone out of his way. And some of this is based off of questions about the, you know, the Eagles offense. So let me give you some stats here. And this was going into yesterday's game so the eagles offensively ranked fifth rank fifth in uh scoring at 27.3 they're eighth in rushing at 128.1 and they're 12th in passing offense at 234.8 something else to keep in mind tone they're they they are converting third downs at 48.1 percent which is first in the nfl uh red zone which has really been a bugaboo um, they've gotten much better at. They're improving uh, week to week. They're now up to ninth in red zone uh, scoring in the NFL. They're, they're the Eagles. Hold on, let's run it by one more time. The Eagles' offense is now ranked ninth in the NFL in red zone efficiency. Yes, and they're first and third down. So wow, think about know, where across, they were. I mean, I think about it across the board. You know, pretty good numbers, right? And I understand. Like there have been games, like for example. Let's just go to Kansas City, okay? If you watch that game, yes, Devontae Smith was really good. I thought Swift was really good. But all things considered, did you think they played their A game? I don't, right? And no, I think that's right. sort of been the case a lot of the years so far. So I look at it from a standpoint of our eyeballs are telling us that they can be better, right? But I also think that I don't know that people fully understand, you know, the challenges of some of the defenses that it, they have faced, which Kansas City's defense is is really good. Like I heard Jason Kelsey talking about this, and he was like, "Look, Steve Spagnuolo was doing stuff that uh, you you couldn't believe." And they have crazy talent on that side of the ball. I mm-hmm. I think play fast. I think the other thing we have to take into account is just like you have to give a head coach or you have to give a quarterback or somebody else a little bit of time. I think we got to give a little bit of time to Brian Johnson. And I know there are a lot of people that say, oh, he got the job. He should hit the ground running. It doesn't work. Yeah, that that's, that's not how that works. But, yeah. you know, to your point, um, I do think the fair thing to do would be to give him time to grow into his role. Yeah. Right. Um, I can't help but notice, though, there are still these moments where I question just his ability to just understand basic situations. Yeah. You know, you go back to back on five, you go back to back to back to back on bubble screens. I, 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 I didn't understand that. I didn't. Like, is that supposed to be your blitz beater? Is that supposed to be your your quick game? That's unacceptable to me. 
Um, I expected, I expect at the very least for him to take advantage of the talent he has and try to get, you know, try to get Jalen, you know, throwing that ball forward rather than throwing it laterally. Um, you know, for these bubble screens. And again, man, um, I question him still. Uh, I want him to do well. Um, I want him to be continue to trend in the right direction, but there are these moments where I see him take a step forward, a couple back. He might take two steps forward, then he'll take a step back. You know, there it, it's been very, it's been very uh, up and down with him all throughout the season. Now, I will give him credit with this. I will give him credit with this. They are still, like you mentioned, number one on third down. They had a rough game. They had a rough third down game. Their worst third down game of the season on on Monday. Um. They they become highly efficient in the red zone. Uh, let's really put this, put this in perspective, right? There was a point in the season where they were getting down there and only settling for field goals. Only that settling was a for lot field of goals Jake Elliott. Yep, a lot. Of Jake it, it was a lot of Jake mm-hmm. Elliott. Can you imagine if the way they played in the first half of this in, in, in that first part of the season, um, if, if they brought that same kind of red zone efficiency to that Chiefs game, mm-hmm. they lose. Mm-hmm. They lose. They were. 100% in the red zone, three for three. The Chiefs were, I believe, three for five or two for five or two for six. They were two for five because they only put up 17 points. They were two for five in the red zone. Yeah. So when you think about it from that perspective, yeah, there are now the issue is starting to, starting to kind of leak into the between the 20s, but the red zone is, is, is stepping up. Um, you have to give, You have to give him some kind of Again, grace to grow into the position. I'm still skeptical of him. Don't get a twist. And I'm still very skeptical of him. But I want to be as reasonable. And uh, I don't want to be short-sighted in terms of yeah. the season. Well, I'll tell you well, things that concern me. I, I You just touched on one. I, I don't know that there's a feel yet in game. I, how you went to you know back-to-back screens that were very similar, I don't know. I, I don't know what the thinking was. I don't know what they thought they saw. I don't know. I don't know that Jalen didn't audible to that. I don't know. I didn't like it, whatever it was. It took them a long time to get Goddard going early in the season. It shouldn't mm-hmm. have taken that long for that to happen. Um, you know, he's obviously utilized A.J. Brown in, 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 a, in a great way. I think Devontae, too. I think he's done a nice job with the wideouts. He's operating at a bit of a disadvantage from last year that this what Steichen had before Jalen hurts the shoulder. When Jalen's fully healthy, there's the mm. threat of Jalen running a lot more than what Brian Johnson's had for, for a good amount of this year. That's so that, a good point. Yeah, that impacts things a little bit in the RPO. It impacts things just generally. So I think yeah, that's a little little piece of it. Um, you know, I, I think – I don't know how much of DeAndre Swift's sort of production dipping before the bye was DeAndre hitting a wall versus they didn't they didn't put him in the best position to succeed because I liked what I saw Monday night. Um, it was creativity. They used there him was, with jet, there was sweeps in yeah. the screen game. Yeah, that was the best. The screen game from the running back perspective has looked all season. For sure. Now, what I want to see going forward is uh, I, I want to see him try to get Julio Brown or Julio Jones a little bit more um, involved. I know AJ and, and Devontae are going to get theirs. I want to say see see them stay consistent with the running back attack. And that when that I say that I don't mean strictly running. I mean catching the ball uh, with Swift. And I just I want to feel like they're putting Jalen in into like rhythm sets here on certain series. I don't feel like it's been that way. I agree. I, that's a great pull by you. The rhythm part. I don't feel a rhythm 
to Brian Johnson right now. I don't feel like I don't get a sense that he has a feel um, at this point in the season. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. The fact that at this point in the season, he still doesn't have a feel for what he wants to do. Um, but look, they're nine and one. You always go for, you always go for, no matter what we say, you can always fall back on the idea that, well, the offensive production from a number standpoint is still relatively the same um, as last year. Uh, they're nine and one, same as last year at this point in the season. Um, top five scoring offense. Um, I believe they're top five uh, well, in yards, right? Or if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, uh, Jalen is more accurate this year, believe it or not. He is. Uh, they're throwing the ball more. So it's, it's it's like yeah, it's, let's be honest. It, we're nitpicking here, and this goes back to your original point about how locally we we hold this team to a much higher standard um, than what maybe than what the national media does. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. So I think that's I get Nick's defense. You don't want to be over the top with it because then it starts to look like you're going you know too far with it. But I understand where he's coming from, and he's also lived that life as an offensive coordinator. He knows what goes into it. He knows it goes into the first year. I think the thing for me that surprised me, and I and maybe I bought too much into this. I thought because Jalen and Brian Johnson had such familiarity, and Brian Johnson had been here, I thought the transition would have been a little bit smoother. Yeah, a little more seamless. That's the only. I mean, that's the only thing. And and the other thing we, we can we can sit here and if you know seven seven weeks from now, six weeks from now, whatever, we're at the end of the regular season, and you you come away with it saying. It still sort of feels that same way. Then that's that's worrisome, um, because it, you know even even if you look at the next couple of weeks, like they're going to have to score Sunday. This Bills team is is not going to lay down. They're going to have to score the next week against Dallas or against San Fran. Excuse me. They're going to have to score mm-hmm. the next week against Dallas and Seattle. I don't think is. I think they're kind of being exposed a little bit, but we know how hard it is to play at that place. So you mm-hmm. know the offense is going to have to be there the next four weeks. You can't keep counting on the defense just to shut everybody down. Um, and Because, frankly, it's going to be really hard for this defense to shut down these offenses they're going to be facing coming up. It just is. Yeah, I agree. Um, from an offensive um, production perspective, um, this next three-game stretch is going to be the toughest. From an off, you know, to, uh, you, you got uh, the Bills. Believe it or not, no matter – even if they turn the ball over a lot, they're still – they still have a, a, a decent – run game. Um I think their running back is ranked top five in rushing yards. Yeah. Um yeah Cook Cook this week is really good. Right. And uh still got Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen is still Gabe Josh Davis Allen. is nothing to sneeze at either. I mean yeah, he, he, he can he can catch you slipping over the top so yep. you gotta watch him. Yep. Um but then you follow that up follow that up with the 49ers who um seem like they're like a freight train that, that can't be stopped at the moment. Dude, they're different um, now after came out coming out of that bye man they're different they're back yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, Christian McCaffrey leads the league in rushing by a wide margin. Yep. Wide margin. He's in the 900s while everybody else is still flirting in the 600. So he's yeah. – And he's, he's a touchdown he, machine. He's do, he's doing amazing things right now. Yep. Um, Kittle was good Debo last Kittle. night. Debo looked good. You know. Exactly. And then you got the Cowboys after that um, who continue to drop 30 and 40-plus points on bums. So, um, <laughs> you know, we have – you know, we have you know we have to pay attention to teams like that at the end of the day because they have the offensive firepower. But this is something I want you to consider here, Rob. I want you to consider this. Yeah, I'm, bro- enjoying, so- I'm enjoying the emphasis you put on bums, but but anyway, yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did there? Yeah. Um, consider this. And hear me out on this, right? And I want to know what you think. Uh, you know, as I lay this out for you. Yes, all those teams I mentioned, they're very capable of putting up 
points. Um, they're capable of doing making making things a lot very difficult for opposing defenses and even the other uh, your opposing offense. Right? They're very they're very good teams against everyone else. But and I and, and I brought this up with Cilio. Although the Eagles look the way they look, and a lot of people still question their pedigree because of how it looks, and I think that's a college football mentality that we're bringing to the NFL that I needs agree. to stop. But um, although it hasn't looked as sexy as a Cowboys or a 49ers or whatever, even the Lions at times, right? Even though it hasn't looked as sexy, what the Eagles do that I, that, that I believe they do better than anyone else is that they force you to play their brand of football. They pull you in to their echo chamber. They force you to play up to their level. They, they force you to play um, into their atmosphere. And what I'm saying by that is, yeah, the Eagles are kind of herky-jerky a little bit, but what they do is they muck the game so they, they muck the game up so much. They're so um they're so good situationally. Um they kind of force a team to in a way play and play on their field, play yeah. you know, Play, play in their environment, in their ecosystem. I'll put it to you this way, right? There are some animals who operate better on land and some animals that operate better on water. Yep. What the eagles do, they pour those land animals into the deep end and they mm -hmm. question you, can you swim with us? Yep. And I think that's what the eagles do better than anybody. They pull you into that part of the water and they, and they force you to prove that you can swim. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles have shown that they can swim, hence why they had the league-leading record at 9-1. and one. What are your thoughts on that notion? Uh, look, I think it's fair. I, I, I think the biggest thing that, that, that interests me um, that, to watch week to week here uh, with this team, I know last week was kind of the uh, the exception to the rule because they, they or at least early in the game, they give a lot of rushing yards. But when they, they force these teams to go one-dimensional and then they start throwing and then they see the pass rush, then they start to get out of their comfort zone. This is where they go into the you know the deep end of the pool, or when they go from from land to water, water to land. To, to use your comparison, that's the thing. I want to see if they're able to do that and force their will like this with these teams. You know, they they got Miami. Think about what they did to Miami. Perfect example. All right, perfect so example. Tyreek Hill looks like human in that game. Uh, Tua looked bad, quite frankly. They couldn't run the ball when they were the the best rushing team up until that point with Mostert and that crew. Couldn't run it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden they look pedestrian and human. So that's, that's the more of what you have to see the defense doing that kind of thing to these really good offenses. And I just think too, if, if Kyle Shanahan, I'll just take the Niners game, for example, wants to block this thing up the same way that he did in the playoffs, I can't imagine he would, but if he's going to be stubborn, you're going to see the same thing happen. I'm not telling you somebody's going to tear up their elbow, but you're going to see Hurdy. Purdy get hit a lot, even though their offense is quick hit, get it out. You'll get mm -hmm. there. They'll get home. They will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you brought, you brought up that, that, that Dolphins game, which was, per, which aligns perfectly with what I'm saying. Dolphins, they've been, they've been, they've been swimming on everybody. They've been, uh, you know, to use the Dolphins, you know, uh, metaphor, right? They've been swimming on everybody and they've been drowning everybody with their, with their massive offensive output, all that kind of stuff. And as soon as they came to Philly, the Eagles found a way to pull that dolphin out of the water and bring them to the desert and ask, can you breathe? Can you breathe over here with us? Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. 
Cowboys. Cowboys are, are dropping 40 points, 30 points, 40 points, 30 points on everybody, right? right. They come to Philly. All of a sudden, okay, Cowboy. Whatever it was. Yeah. Okay, Cowboy. Can you can you shoot with us? Mm-hmm. Is your is your gun big enough to roll on this side of town? And all of a sudden, a team that's averaging 30 plus points a game, putting on everybody, they come to Philly only 23 points. Mm-hmm. They get shut they, they get shut down in that third quarter. That gives the Eagles a 11 point lead. They force these teams to come out of their comfort zone and they force these teams to play a full 60 minutes of football. It doesn't matter what ecosystem the Eagles are in. That's and that's the thing about the Eagles. They can play in many ecosystems. They can play in the deep end. They can play in the desert. They can play in the mountaintops. You know what I'm saying? They can play in yeah. the swaps. Wherever wherever they need to get it done, they can they, they find a way to morph. They're like Dwarren. They the uh, Dwarren. They they, uh, they they adapt. You feel me? Like that's yeah. the difference between the Eagles and everybody else. They they adapt so well to the elements. Everyone else, mm, bring your bring your peacoat. You know what I mean? Oh, bring, you know, bring bring your water shoes. They they may not make it, but the Eagles, nah, man. They just continue to morph, yeah. and I think that's the most dangerous asset about that team. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think it's uh it, it's something that I don't know that we look at enough. I don't know we we appreciate slash recognize the job that you know they've done from a defensive standpoint, and they've done it with a lot of new faces. certainly on the back end. Um, But I just, you know, they're so good up front. They're so good on the tackles. They're so good on the outside, you know, in in terms of the edge. There's just so many different ways that they can get you. If you just get competent play on the back end, they're going to be in business. They Mm -hmm. just are. There's no other way to put it. That's where they're trending. But they're trending that way. Again, like I said, you shut you shut out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and look, every game's different. Every game calls for different circumstances, all that kind of stuff. But what it does for your confidence level, um, what it does for your defensive coordinator's confidence level, right? Um, you can't you you can't quantify that, right? It's it's, it's something that, that it has to carry over. Um, I actually I'm willing to go out on a limb is that this second half of the season is going to be the best that we see of this Eagles defense. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I I do. Um, so a couple things on uh, the Bills front. Uh, they're going to be without Dane Jackson and Taylor Rapp. Uh, Dane Jackson is a is a cornerback, starting corner. Taylor Rapp is one of their safeties. But their nickel corner, Taron Johnson, has cleared concussion protocol, so it looks like he'll mm. be good to go. That's a key component. Uh, we we talked key. to Mike, Mike Catalana from Buffalo, who covers, covers the Bills earlier this week. Okay. And he said that is a, that's one to look out for because he's playing extremely well. So if they get him back, that's that's good. But they're still shorthanded on the back end. So I this feels like a big AJ Brown game to me. I, I don't know. I know I'm not going out on a limb saying that, especially coming off the way that he played last week. But I just feel like that dude. He's so motivated and he's so good. I don't see the Bills being able to to, to slow him down in this week. He's going to get loose. And you know Jalen and Nick will go to him early. To kind of get him back into the flow of things. Yeah, they're good for that. They're good yeah. for um, if a guy has a not so um desirable game, they're good for overcorrecting and making sure he uh gets fed early yeah. and often. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And and I think the chat brought it up. Mr. Kelly Green Sunday. I mean, yes, sir. How can you how can you bet against it? Yeah. How can you how can you bet against the slime? <laughs> how can you? 
<laughs> slime. It's the the sl- I t- Listen, we get down and dirty, Rob. A lot right. of people, I told you a lot of people can't play where we play. Okay. You you feel me? I like they can't, it. They, they can't they can't survive the slime. They just can't. I'll tell you that's if they they if the Eagles can take them out, that's it. You can say bye bye Buffalo if that's the case. Um, the Eagles put a, a a travel advisory out, I guess, for the uh, sports complex. I guess there's going to be a lot going on um, this Sunday. So they get the Eagles at 425. Uh, they're, they're asking fans, you know, if, if you can to take public transportation, uh, all illegally, uh, parked cars will be towed. I, I wasn't even aware. Well, I'm trying to, let me, let me just pull it up here. And, yeah, what else is going on down there? That's what I'm saying. I got to check this thing. I don't know. It just talks about how the, all right. So Sunday, no Sixers, uh, they're off. All right. Flyers, uh, now this could very well go to the concert or something else too. Just keep that in mind. Flyers. No. Flyers today and tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I, I'll see if I can f- dig up what else is going on down there, but it's not a Sixers or Flyers. Is it, deal constru- is it construction going on down there? I mean, it could, yeah, it could be something like that. It could be, it could, or there's just been an inordinate amount of uh, legal park cars. I don't, I have no idea, but uh, they hmm. just put that out there. So the, the, the takeaways from Nick Sirianni's press conference, he once again defended. Uh, uh, Brian Johnson, he said also that there's a, he's not ruling out Avante Maddox returning at some point. The other thing is tone. He was asked about some of his histrionics, you know, when he, when he, when he's jawing, I don't know if you saw or heard the audio when he's coming off the field on Sunday, he gets into it with some chiefs fans et cetera. And what one thing he said was, I'm not going to, I'm never going to change being who I am. And that's, that's who I am always. I'm that way on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm going to be that way on Sunday or Monday or whatever. I'm going to stay true to who I am. And that's cool. Like, oh, look, ultimately, I want him to stay true to who he is because I think that brings the best out in people. I think it also uh, is important to his players that he looks that way. The only thing I would say is, like, you can do that stuff if you win. If you lose, it's going to get old really fast with the local, te- you know, people. And you're also saying, I don't mind being the heel. And he's become the heel around the NFL. He's become the guy that if he's not your coach, you can't stand him. It is what it is. If you're going to conduct yourself that way, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm just saying, you know, that's the, that's what they're the offshoots of that, so to speak. No, I mean, you're right. Um, Nick Sirianni has fully embraced being the heel of the NFL. Um, And I, and I don't, I don't mind either, especially if you're winning, right? Um, I mean, he got humbled big time in his first year wearing that B Dallas shirt. And, you know, I, I think, I think he, I think he understands timing. Um, you know, when when they lost that Jets game, you didn't see him ramping and running. He he was talking about, you know, the issues and so on and so forth and took accountability for whatever his part was in that thing. Um, but I'm rolling with it, man. Look, at the end of the day, man, this dude's feisty, man. He's 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 uh he's he's brazen, he's brash, he's it's it's who he is, right? Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to do is tell somebody to not be not be who they are and it affects their production. Agreed, right? Because at the end of the day. When you hire somebody to do any kind of job, right, or you hire somebody to, you know, lead your, lead your company or provide a certain um, skill set to what you do, you did not only hire them based off of um, their skill set, you also, you also hire them based off of who they were. And one of the things I hate most is when you ask somebody to do a task, you bring them in to do something for you, and all of a sudden you want to change how they do it. You want to change uh, how they think and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, well, hold on, wait. Me being who I was got me in this door. Now you're trying to change me. It makes no sense to me. I, I so, give you, go ahead. 
Sorry. No, yeah. So yeah. So like, I'm I'm completely wrong with Nick Sirianni's um mentality, man. He's passionate. Listen, I I think I relate to him in a way because I'm very passionate. Um, yeah. I speak I speak my mind a lot, and um, often my wife tells me to um listen, kind of curve it a little bit. So uh, I totally understand what that is. And, and look, man, when you're nine and one, you can talk like that. And when you're not nine and one, kiss the ring. Yeah. So 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 just relax, okay? Just just take it easy. Just have some fun and, and enjoy the ride, people. It's all right. When I we start losing, then I'll, I'll I'll hear what you got to say. Yeah, I, I think a good example of this, like like I don't know, making guys feel like they have to change who they are a little bit. Do you remember Embiid? And I'm not talking about last year. It was a couple of years back. He was he was really uh, you know exuberant, reacting to things and all that. And I, there was some kind of pushback, either you know nationally, locally, or whatever. Then he went into sort of conservative mode, and then he said he wanted to get back to being him, and it was it was hurting his his joy of the game and all this other stuff. You don't want to listen to that outside noise. You got you got to be yourself, and it's easier said than done. But I think that's what Nick is trying to say. Like this is who I am. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I'm not changing the way I am. And that's the weird part. People, I think I think people are having a hard time believing him when he says, "Yo, this is who I am." Everybody, yeah. everybody close to him that you hear talking about is like, "Yo, that's really who he is." Yep. You know what I mean? You see, whenever he has his kids in the podium, they they got some little personalities on them as well. Like, I mean, okay. that's, yeah. that's 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 who he is. Yep. You know, and sooner or later, people are going to have to respect that, right? You know, um, and look, do do I wish he, um, was a little more, um, short spoken in press conferences at times? Do I sometimes think he? Do I sometimes think he rambles at times at press conferences? Yeah, for yeah. sure. But on the sideline, I want him to be as rambunctious. I want him to be as aggressive. Into he's, into I want, he's into it. He's into it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it, it, it's it's almost like he's a fan out there calling the games. Like it's it's like he's he's like he like how would you? It's almost like he looks as if how any fan would be if they were the coach of a football team, right? He right. and here's another thing, right? He's a fan of his guys. Yes. You know what I mean? That's that's what you're seeing. He's, he's their biggest support. He he's their biggest support. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's like that dad. Um, on the sideline at a, you know at, you know at his daughter's or his son's soccer game or basketball game, and he's just like, yeah, let's go. He's wearing the gear. He's buying the jerseys. You know what I'm saying? He's at every he's at every PTA and you know making the make, making the brownies for the kids and making sure that he he's that guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So yes. you you gotta take the good with the bad with with a man like that, man. And yeah. also, man, look, you know he's Italian. He has he has that. You know he, he has says that. it himself. He, he says it that, himself. He has that spice. He has that zest in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He says it himself. Hey, I, so just to back up what we were talking about with the uh, with the red zone and, and how they're ninth now. Yeah. Uh, good stat from Josh Tolentino, who, ca- who covers the uh, the birds for uh, the Inquirer. Yeah, so it's the first time um, since week three that they've been ranked in the top ten uh, in in red zone efficiency. So they mm. they were fifteenth week two, seventh week three, twenty fifth, twenty fourth, twenty seventh, twenty third. This is where the climb starts. 19th, 18th, 13th, 12th, and now they got it to ninth. So they're making strides. It's not perfect, but they're making strides. And you have to, whether we want to or not, we have to give credit to Brian Johnson for exactly. keeping it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, no, exactly. All right. Let's uh let's hit it. Let's come back. We got a bunch of you got a good question, which we didn't we didn't get to in the first segment, which I want to dive into. I have one for you too. So we'll have dual questions. Mine. You tease what yours involves. Uh, mine involves Howie Roseman and and moves that he's made over the last five years. Are you yours? are you are you referring to the underrated um, question that we t- that we talked about before? Okay, yeah, right. you know, so so basically, you know, this Eagles team, they're they're nine and one yet, 
people still have a hard time believing yeah. them when they see them. They okay. see the product and they're not a fan of the product. So let's yeah. do, let's do a little bit more on that. And we'll, yeah, let's we'll get, get into that. Yeah, we'll get into a couple other things. Um, the desperation of this Bills team, Bills offensive weapons, Bills defense, etc. We'll do all those things when we get back. Don't go anywhere. He's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be challenging, right? can be difficult. Um, but I found the right person with Jim and Principal Financial Group. And, you know, for you, it could be anything. Retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You have your own business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground and you don't know exactly what the best route to go is. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim. And I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this football Friday, Black Friday. Um, telling a little Eagles news here. Adam Schefter reporting that the Eagles are waiving defensive end Derek Barnett. He was the 14th overall pick uh, in 2017. He was the man who recovered the strip sack from Brandon Graham in the Super Bowl, which is really going to go down as his claim to fame as an Eagle. But, I mean, let's be real about it. His career has been disappointing here considering where he was taken. Um, He's had injuries. He's never lived up to the hype. I was shocked that he, that they re-signed him prior to last season. And I was really surprised again that he was an Eagle this season, but it looks like now they're, they're moving on. Um, So no surprise really. Yeah. His best season was his rookie season. And um, the fact of the matter is he's been ineffective. He's lacked discipline. And um, he's hurt you more than he's helped you throughout his entire tenure as a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, a lot of bad now, penalties. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Now, can he catch on somewhere else? Maybe. Um, maybe. Maybe a team gives him a shot. You never know. Um, he made, regardless of what we may think, he's made a lot of money in the NFL. Hopefully, he's done right by himself and right by his family to make sure that um, he can sustain and still live a very, very um, uh, reasonable life. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. You never wish for a guy to lose his job. At the end of the day, right? You know, we, you know, we get so caught up in like the lingo of the NFL, waived and cut and trade, but you know, whatever. But ultimately, he lost his job and he lost income. I don't wish that on anybody. So no, I, I will say this: he, because he can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He will get another chance. Uh, he, so uh, if you claim him off of waivers, you would owe him under $500,000 for the rest of the year for roughly, you know, whatever it is, seven games or, you know, whatever you're playing. Oh, then he'll get claimed. Then. That will happen. That will unequivocally happen. I, yeah. I would look for teams that maybe had ties, to, coaches that maybe had ties to the Eagles at some point, uh, whether it's a, as a head coach or, or on a staff or whatever. Keep your eye on those kind of teams. Now, the, the waiver wire – the way it works is like, for example, Carolina would get first crack at them because mm-hmm. they're the worst team in football. Then work your way all the way down. So anyway, yeah. that, but with I the, wonder what the what the corresponding roster move is going to be. Does that mean somebody's coming off? You know, is that this, was what I was going to follow. Watkins, yeah. So Quez Watkins' practice window has been opened up, uh, and this might be correspond with that. That's what I would think. Just add if, if he looks good this week, you know that he can get back at it. Yeah, not that I have any expectation for him either. Frankly. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's a it's a possibility for sure. Um, I know a lot of people were thinking about Eagles bringing in Shaq Leonard. Uh, we all Cowboys have, apparently have interest too. Yeah, so um, we'll see how that goes. But again, um, this move, it's not the Eagles. Again, they didn't owe him anything, any real money. So the Eagles don't just wave him just to wave him. They're playing. They're setting up for something. Either yeah. they're either they're going to find a way to get Shetland in the building, or they're going to bring somebody back off the injury reserve, and that's probably going to be, yeah. um, probably going to be uh, Quez Watkins, like you said. We'll see yeah. though. 
Coach Marcus, would I would I be surprised if uh, if he ended up in Arizona with Cannon? Eh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's actually that's actually not a bad pool. Um, Frank Reich was here the the Super Bowl season. I know he's an offensive coach, but I mean Carolina's not out of the question. Yeah, Jim Schwartz is in um, Jim Schwartz is in Cleveland. Maybe he brings him in as a rotational guy. Look Um, for any of those teams. You know, he'd have to go pretty far to get to Cleveland if if nobody else is interested. But still, I mean, they're all options. You know, any of those teams are options um, for sure. But yeah. Um, all right, so uh, a couple other things here to, to look at. Let, I want to hit you with this, Tone, and then I, and then I want to bounce back to your, your question with the underrated thing. What's Howie Roseman's best move the last five years? Wow. Dude, you shot me with that one. Um, man. Because now, think about it. it. That could include drafting. That could include a trade. Past five it, years. That goes back to 2018. Signing of a free agent. It could, it, it could include, you know, hiring – Nick Sirianni. So basically, every move he's made, um, dated back, dated um, back to the Super. The, let's go the year after the now. year after the Super Bowl season. Let's go eighteen to now. Eighteen, 18 to now. now. Okay, man, his best move. Now, when we say best move, is this an intentional move or a move that kind of he fell into? Like, like how are we? How are we? How are we quantifying this? Right. And however, they got. The, However, that person got here. Doesn't even matter. He made the move. Hmm. His best move. You can make an argument. It was drafting Jalen Hurts. Uh, you can make an argument. It was signing AJ Brown. Uh, you can trading make an argument or trading. I'm sorry. You can make an argument. Yeah. It was trading for AJ Brown. You can make an argument that it was signing Hassan Reddick. You can make an argument. It was drafting Jalen Carter. Yep. Um, you can make an argument. It was flipping Carson Wentz for a first round pick that turned into, into Devontae Smith. Uh, you know, there, there, there are many ways you can go about this thing. I'm going to go with the most valuable position. That's quarterback. You draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. Sure. Um, but first of all, for you to, let's really go through this, right? For you to draft him that high, you had to believe in his skill set in some way. You know, let's not let's not. Yeah, it wasn't like he was uh, undrafted or taken in the seventh round. His right, second round pick is is quite valuable commodity it's in the very NFL. valuable, right? Yeah. And you just gave Carson Wentz the money. So, and then when you think about how things went in that playoff against against the Seahawks, I think that was the last straw for Harry Roseman when he said to himself, "Okay, we need to have a steady quarterback um, in on this roster that has a contract that we can manage." Remember, yeah. that was the offseason where all those backup quarterbacks was getting paid. Yeah, like big money. And Chase and, Daniel types were getting. Yeah, Chase Daniels, Taysom Hill got a big contract around that time. So I think Tyrod Taylor got a big contract around that time too. All the backup guys. So Harry Roseman couldn't play in that pool because they were cap strapped. Um, so his logic was: let me get a cost-effective, high value or high quality backup in the draft, the guy that maybe we can groom and um, he can be our backup for the foreseeable future. Now, obviously, things went south with Carson Wentz really fast, and Jalen Hurts gets an opportunity. Um, Jalen Hurts' first year happens, and Harry Roseman during that next offseason is looking to maybe bring in Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. We all know that was a fact. Yep. Um, both of those deals fell through. Watson ends up going to Carolina, can't deny a fully guaranteed contract. Russell Wilson vetoes the trade to the Philadelphia Eagles, end up choos- ends up choosing um, the Denver Broncos. So uh, after all those moves get set in stone, Harry Roseman completely leans in on Jalen Hurts and says, okay, if this guy, if he's going to be our guy, I need to find out if he's our guy and give him a fair shot possible. You tr- then you then trade for AJ Brown. You sign Hassan Reddick. Um, you've already drafted Devonta Smith the year before. Um, 
Uh, you you, know, you draft uh, Landon Dickerson, I think, the year before as well. Um, second round. Yep. Second round. So they made moves in such a way to ensure that it wasn't the onus wasn't put on them. You feel me? Yeah. So they put Jalen Hurts in a position to succeed. And what does he do? He gets you to a Super Bowl. So although all his although all his chips weren't pushed in for Jalen Hurts at one point in time, he still made that move to draft him. He still made the move to say, "All right, you're the guy. Let's see if you can let's see if you can do it." He made moves to signify that I need to know if Jalen Hurts can get the job done. Jalen Hurts showed he can get the job done, get the job done to a degree. Then you sign him to a big deal. You got to go with Jalen Hurts. That move because that's the kind of move that can define your franchise. And I and 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 I don't think at this point, at least, they have any buyer's remorse. Okay. Um, hard to argue, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I probably put, would put that it's the easy answer too, by the way. It's the well, easy answer. Yeah, I mean, the other one I would I would go at Sirianni. I, I mean, you, you know, you brought really? in the right guy. He was unknown. I mean, he, I know he was an offensive coordinator in Indianapolis, but let's face it, how many of us really knew who that was, who he was? We didn't. They're not afraid to go out of the box. They went out of the box a bunch of times, mm-hmm. dating back to Andy Reid. They went out of the box and sure. they went out of the box with this a little bit, kind of an unknown, you know, quantity. He's coming and done a hell of a job, man. And all, all he's done is gone 32 and 12 since since taking the reins here from a four-win team. And they win, win, win. I would say that one, you know, again, if somebody wanted to go to the mat with A.J. Brown with the production you've gotten out of him, who am I to, to argue that? A.J. Brown's been ridiculous. Hold on. Let's go back to that Sirianni um, yeah. hire. Let's go back to that really quickly because let's really consider what their options were at that time, right? Robert Sala, okay. Arthur Smith. Yep. Brandon Staley. Yep. Um, uh, who else got hired? There's already guys time? who have been bounced. Josh um, McDaniel. Uh, that year. I think Josh McDaniel was the following year. No, they, no, 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 no. Josh McDaniel was still an option at the time. Yeah, You're right. Okay. Josh McDaniel. Um, yeah, you know, like it's, it's you, really not you really close. Think, when you really think about the options that he had. Yeah. Or that they had at the time, they could have easily made the wrong move. I agree, because he's, at the end he's of the far day, outshined any of those guys. Far, far, and as much as we want to talk about the schematics of the game and the nuances and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you got to have the right man in the building. You got to have the right personality in the building. A guy who's willing to work with your GM and a guy who, who a guy who understands or who's willing to um, maneuver. In Harry Roseman's ecosystem, right? Let's 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 not call. It, let's not act like we don't know what it is, right? This, this is Harry Roseman's team, and um, he had enough balls to fire a Super Bowl winning head coach. That's After a balls. Only a couple. Of, what was it? Uh, you can you can make an argument. You can make an argument. Removed Doug, after their three years removed after it happened. Yeah. Yeah, you can make an argument. Doug only had one bad season. You yeah. can make an argument for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the balls to fire a Super Bowl winning head coach. That just goes to tell you right then and there, this is how he's pulled. And Doug Peterson, even though he managed to bring home the biggest fish for the, you know, for that pool, um, turns out that it doesn't matter how big of a fish you bring back. Bottom line is, can you fish under my under my rules? You mm-hmm. know, can you, you know, can you know, can you play in my pool or my, or my pond and, and and go by the rules of my ecosystem? And Nick Sirianni has done that. Um 
he's even though he's a a very uh, high octane personality, he knows how to placate the Hyrule. He knows when to divert the Howie and allow Howie to feel, you know, feel like this is still his 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 operation, which which right. it is. Right. Um. But again, going back to the original point, think about the hires they could have made around that time, but they made they hired this guy. Yeah. I don't. It, again, they're winning not only because of Howie Rosen putting the pieces around them. They're also winning because Nick Sirianni has the personality that fits with his personnel, that fits with the GM, that fits with the organization. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the the only other one, I mean, I, I would say um, Hertz, the Hertz draft, AJ trade, hiring Sirianni. I, I mean, Jalen Carter, I would certainly throw in there into consideration. Some of that is you had to get fortunate. I hate to say it like that because of some of his off the field stuff that he lasts that long. It if he didn't, if, if there wasn't anything that went down with Jalen Carter, he's, he's he goes probably, top three easily. I agree. I like, he may go ahead of Will Anderson. Like mm. he may go that high. That's very possible. So uh, yeah, anyway. you bring the point. yeah, that, so that, but whatever he got, it. like we talked about, however you get there, you get there and that's it. Uh, all right. Quickly on the bills here. Talented team, we know that. But here's the here's the, the the biggest issue that they have offensively is 15 turnovers from the quarterback. He's got 12 interceptions, three fumbles. He's got really good weapons around him. He's got Stefan Diggs. Um, I mean, that was interesting when we had Mike Catalano on the other day telling how he was really, really went over the and not not in a phony way, like in a real way. Like you could tell it was genuine. Man, he loves Stefan Diggs, and he doesn't think do there's too. any attitude stuff with Diggs. In fact, yeah. he thinks Diggs is the guy who's trying to keep it all together a lot of times. I thought that was – we don't hear a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, that's why it's always good to talk to people who cover the team every day. Agreed. Um, I'm a Stefan Diggs guy. I've always felt like um, the quote-unquote attitude issues, the, the the dysfunction from him was overrated. Um, you know, he, he he's a passionate player. He cares about winning. He wants to win. He likes to hold people accountable. Uh-huh. And um, – He's a gamer, man. Like I've I've always been a fan of Stefan Diggs and his approach to everything. I, I again, I just I, I've always I personally I'm I'm so glad that um, Mike Catalina uh, said what he said because I've always felt like the the Stefan Diggs vitriol has been overblown. I've always felt that way. Um, I don't know, man. Um, you know what? Do you, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I same thing. I mean, I look. I've always th- there's never been any question about the guy's talent. The problem with these sideline blowups is. You don't know exactly what's being said. You remember early in the year when AJ Brown said it wasn't about uh, me getting touches or something like that. Yeah, it was about a miscommunication sure. we had on on an audible or something like that. And I think if you look at the the issue that they had Monday night, there was a, a simple communication issue. AJ broke it deep. Jalen thought he was he was going to stay under, and it, it didn't work out. So the only thing I think is, is a little bit unfair sometimes. When it comes to the receivers, this is a general thing. It's not a digs or a Brown thing. It's a general thing. Like you can't get on your guy if there's a mistake and he never gets on you. If you drop a ball or do something else, it's yeah. it's a one way street. That's the one thing that bugs me. Like AJ uh, Jalen would never go over to AJ and be like, show him up on a sideline for a drop pass. He would never do that. So that's the only little bit of an issue, but we just don't know ultimately with those conversations, the, the, the context of it. That's all. Yeah, the reality is we 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 don't know the context of those conversations, and we love to pretend like we do. 
Yeah. Um, we love to pretend that it's simply about not getting touches, right? Because the stat sheet says that, and, and it's and it's a low. And we just assume fruit. they're divas, and, and right. a lot of them are. Right. I mean, and I mean, well, it, it comes yeah. with the territory. It's yes, they're wide receivers. Yeah, they are the. That you can make an argument. It's the sexy. It's the sexiest position on the field in football. It's yeah. the position that every kid growing up wants to be a wide receiver. You know what I mean? It's you know what I mean. You that in corner. Those guys are. Those guys are the most electric personalities on the field. It comes with the territory. When guys, when when I see wide receivers on the sideline, and, and and you see a little, you see a little edginess of the personality. You see them being a little, um, uh, you know, uh, zesty and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, you like it's they're flamboyant characters. That's who they are. I agree. It's, it's, it, you got it's a talk. part of the position. It's like anything else, man. There are certain things. Let's be real in life that you'll tolerate due to talent, due to other reasons, whatever you'll put up with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with other guys, you won't. And yeah. is that fair? No, life's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, I wish Quez Watkins would come on the sideline and yell at Jim Hurts. Oh. I wish the hell he would. You, you, you feel you what would, I'm saying? Yeah. 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 That would be the last time you ever saw him in an Eagles Jersey. I can, I can guarantee you. That. Exactly. Listen, the bottom yeah. line is when you do big things, you know, you can say big things. You get more rope. Yeah, you get yeah, a you, little you bit get, more you, you get more rope, man. Yeah. Like, it's a re- listen, you know, my there were moments where my brother always felt like, um, hey, man, like, my mom and dad always on me more than you about certain things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, the reality is I'm a little bit more responsible. <laughs> um, uh, I don't procrastinate. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is not how my brother is anymore. We were younger. Yeah, when um, we were kids, yeah. You know, um, uh, I'm actually the one who actually follows the rules. Um, when mom says stay in the house, I don't go out the house and then jump and j- then jump in the pool in the backyard off the trampoline. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that actually happened, by the way. Um, so the bottom line is when you build up equity with the person, you get us you get you get a certain leeway yeah, to I say agree. to I say certain things, right? Yeah. And also they're best friends all yeah. off the field, right? Yep. So again. If that was my brother that I'm playing football with, I'm the, if I'm the quarterback, he's the wide receiver, and I missed him or whatever, maybe he's my brother's gonna walk up to me like, "Yo, bro, what's up, man?" No doubt. And and again, relationships, you know, it, yep. it, it, it comes with the territory. And again, the receivers, divas, they're all divas, man. The all number, especially if you're a number one. Yeah, they're all they're like all uh, the divas. exception of the rule is Devonte Smith. There are very few Devonte Smiths. Now listen to your point though. People forget, and Devonte was rightfully upset. There was a point. In 2021, Giants game, game on the line. Jalen Hurts threw the ball to Jalen Rager instead of Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, Devontae yeah. Smith, he was your number, he was your first over, he was your um your first round pick. He was your best wide receiver all season. And it, it was it was Jalen Hurts' worst game of his career at that time. Yeah. He threw three interceptions. He tried to he tried to throw, he tried to throw the ball to uh Jalen Jalen Rager. And granted, Jalen Rager should have caught the ball. He put the right. ball perfectly where he could catch it. But obviously, Rager is Rager. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Smith. He was, you know, he got open. He felt like he should have had that opportunity. And That's when right. they was, and when they was walking back to that sideline, he was hot. He was hot, and you saw it. You know what I mean? But to your point, that's not his. That's not his. Um, his standard. That's not who. That's not who he is on a regular basis. But you know what? I also think too. I think Dev- certainly uh, Devante is um, wise enough. You know, from a football IQ standpoint, to see. Okay, I'm playing next to a guy who's an absolute monster. Right. Am I really going to get bent if he's getting more balls thrown my way? Like, like, let's be real about this. You shouldn't, 
Right. So I think that's a part. Like if he, I think he felt if he was playing next to some dude who didn't think was he was even his equal, mm-hmm. and that dude was getting a lot of targets, then you might Bingo. have a problem with Devontae, right? And so look, and, and look, I understand Quez Watkins is catching a lot of strays right now, but if if Jalen Hurts for some reason was trying to force the ball to Quez Watkins and not giving it to Devontae that's Smith, exactly that's right. a perfect reason for Devontae to say, "Yo, my man, yep. what's, what's what's going on?" Great. Last time I checked, uh. I'm the former Heisman Trophy winner. Last time I checked, I'm the one that has a thousand yard seasons, and uh, I'm uh, last time I checked, I'm the one that's just a better overall receiver. Please, like, yeah. so uh, again, you're playing next to AJ Brown, and those guys, you know, you see how AJ Brown and Devontae Smith they sit next to each other every day on game day on the sidelines. They sit next mm-hmm. to each other all the time. They're always talking to each other. Those guys completely feed off each other. Um, whenever, whenever either one scores a touchdown, they're the first ones oh, over there hugging 100%. each other. You know, coming up with all the different, like you know, um, you know, scoring, um, celebrate. Like those guys are close, and it's genuine um, too. Yeah, it's genuine. Yeah. Lockers are right next to each other. You see them in uh, post, um, you know, locker room interviews, and you see them interview. You see them uh, jumping on each other's interviews. Those guys truly um, are, are a tandem that that understands the assignment. And I don't yes. see those guys either um, being intimidated by the other success at all. All right, I want to swing back to two things. Derek Barnett, good stat from Jeff Kerr, our buddy. Derek Barnett ended up with more accepted penalties, 26, than sacks, 21 and a half. Exactly. Oof. Exactly. Uh, not great. And the for his whole thing, career as an eagle, more, more penalties than sacks. Crazy, man. And remember, that's accepted penalties. I know, right. God knows how many were declined. Uh, and a lot of those are personal foul, just, just knucklehead kind of stuff. So um, the other thing is, not that it you read too much into it, but – um, Avante Maddox was out there today in his sweats, you know, kind of just going through practice today. That's a, you know, maybe a little sign, a little sign that, that, that he may be back at some point. The last thing on Barnett, though, I, I know I'm all over the place, but uh, no, good. It's, it's Friday. It's, it's freaky, it's, it's, I'm just it's, thinking. It's freaky Friday. Let's have some fun. Go ahead. So if they don't activate Quez off of the IR, there is still a roster spot open. Shaq Leonard, anybody? Just saying. Talk- talked about this you know it's 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 possible listen Shaq Leonard over the past two years yes he's battled some some serious back injuries he has um but let's but let's call it what it is first three years in the league I I think I think this is his sixth season or fifth season that he's in right now yeah um but first three years in the league three-time pro bowler three-time first team all pro Mm -hmm. um defensive rookie of the year he is legit from a talent perspective but can he hold up? Yeah. That's the question. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's get it in here and let's come back and let's look at last night and yesterday and, and what went down, the assistance that the Eagles got uh in the early game, what that means. We'll look at the conference standings, what these teams that are chasing the Eagles have coming up to. I want to dig into the schedule with each of these teams. We know what the Eagles have, and we'll talk about that too. But I want to look at what um Dallas has coming up what San Fran has coming up, what the Lions have coming up. We also have a game today between the Dolphins and the Jets uh, on Black Friday. Do you like that? We'll dig into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time for me to tell you about ProAction Restoration. Yes, they're helping me out uh, as I got a flood that came down from an upstairs bathroom into a downstairs bathroom which ruined the ceiling, uh, not only in the bathroom, but in my basement also. Uh, same goes with a wall and the carpet. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And ProAction has just taken the reins here, man. Um, they've been over here uh, getting ready to get all the work done, and it's one-stop shopping. They're, they're handling you know, the contract working, 
whether that's uh, drywall, whether that's painting, whether that's carpeting, all those kind of things, it's all taken care of. And if you go through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, you know how challenging that can be, right? But Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. They're also licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So any of the above, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, but it could go beyond that. If you're not sure, just give them a call for a consultation. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed the most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. With you on this football Friday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. All right, I want to hit you with this first home uh, before we get into what happened yesterday. So today's game we mentioned is the Dolphins and the Jets. This is interesting. So Alan Lazard, who they signed to a massive deal, I think in large part because you know he was Aaron Rodgers' guy, one of his guys of in Green Bay. Um, he's inactive today. Just he's, just he inactive. Inactive. He has seven drops. Uh, this season, he's been really bad for them. I, I look, I get it. Uh, Zach Wilson's a disaster area, but his receivers haven't exactly picked him up other than Garrett Wilson. So he's inactive today. That is very interesting to me. Like that's the that's sending a little message. I I think if you're, you know, Robert Sala and the Jets crew. Okay, let's let, let's let's look at this right. You know, Alan Zars contract. He signed a four year, forty four million dollar contract with the Jets. Yep. Um, with a total guarantees at twenty two million, so they can get, um, they can get out of the contract, um, fairly unscathed after the twenty twenty four season. So he's going to be there. He's um, stuck with them for years. one more year. So this year he's got twenty catches, two hundred ninety yards, and just one touchdown, and that seven drops. That's massively disappointing. Massively. Yep. You know, uh, they they paid him. He's make he's making roughly eleven million a year. Um, man, twenty two million straight up. I know, the, the, the running joke is he's been inactive all season. <laughs> that, that that that's good. I like that. Hey, listen, that may be true. Look, man, we got to remember this is real life here. That may be true, but twenty two million in the bank. Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, listen, man, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I, I, I'll leave it at that. You win some, you lose some. Look, I think they're done, but I, I will be in, and I don't think he's any good either or the answer or anything like that. But if the Jets offense looks better today under Tim Boyle than it looked under Zach Wilson here. here so there's two offshoots of that, right? The first one is it truly tells you how just unbelievably bad Wilson has been. I don't think we need any right. further proof of that, but it would tell you that. But the other thing it would do is it would scream, why didn't you do this earlier if I'm a Jets fan? Because the defense has done everything they can to keep you in games. And mm-hmm. everybody has known that this dude can't play. And I, I really think it goes above Salah. I think this it is a Joe Douglas. No way. Yep. No way it's all – I I just can't be- – coaches know who can play and they know who can't. Yep. They see him every day. Salah know that boy can't play. Yep. There's no way Salah kept that man in there of his own volition. Yeah. I firmly believe the organization and the GM look at it like this. They spent the first round high value pick on Zach Wilson, regardless if you brought in Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's even a bigger indictment on Zach Wilson. But nonetheless, you 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 draft him very 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 high, and their mindset. Because remember, this is this doesn't get talked about that much. 
remember their mindset was okay we we you know we uh we bring in Aaron Rodgers we allow Zach Wilson to learn from him and right. hopefully he can actually live up to that billing that we expected him right he can learn from him right yeah. that was that was that was the actual long term plan trade for Rodgers hopefully whatever Rodgers has rubs off on Zach Wilson he could probably maybe maybe he can tap into that well of talent right mm -hmm. that was their that was their real plan yeah Rodgers goes down now you have to actually lean on his kid Zach Wilson and you now you really have to find out can he play you throw him into the fire and naturally you would expect some level of improvement or some level of, of a learning curve like we see with Jordan Love. Jordan Love has had an up and down for several seasons, but the, you're seeing you're seeing this. You're seeing this, growth here, yeah. You're seeing this tick up, right? You're seeing it. Zach Wilson has just been just just like a like a like a plane that's been shot out of the sky. So again, it has to be a move that's above Robert Sala's head. Because there's no way he would allow that he would allow that young man to still play, knowing he can't play. The, I think that, like I said, the organization, the GM, they are so hell bent on trying to validate that pick. They still are afraid. They still, at the time, they still were afraid to scream mercy. Yeah. And now, which I mean, like to argue all, you're to me. I think you're much more respected by your fan base if you admit a mistake rather than compounding a mistake. Mm -hmm. and, and this to me was classic compounding of a mistake. Like the Eagles admitted a mistake with Wentz when they ate the money, you know, the, all the dead money they knew they were going to have to deal with, you know, in trading him and all those kind of things. Like they were willing to do that. And I gave Howie credit. Yeah, there were mistakes made. But like for another example, with, with Jalen Rager, when they, when they find it was only two years and they pulled the plug on that very, very quickly. Like that to me spoke volumes about a, a how bad Rager was, but B it's like, okay, we made a mistake and we're not going to make it worse. I respect that way more as a fan of a team than I do this crap that the jets are pulling, trying to force feed this guy down everybody's throats for as long as it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, or yeah. All it took was one season. They said, you know what? We're drafting Devontae Smith the following year. That's all exactly. it took. Um, I'll take it a step further, right? And this is a bad team in the NFL right now, but I'll give the Arizona, I'll give the Arizona Cardinals credit in this regard. They drafted Josh Rosen the same year Josh Allen was drafted. Mm -hmm. They um, they drafted Josh Rosen. He was terrible. You know what they did the following year? They drafted Kyler Murray in the first round, right then and there. And um, another another situation, they hired that guy. What was it? Uh, what was the coach of the, the former coach there? What was his name before Gandy? Forget his name. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was there. They even extended him. You know what they did? They said, you know what? Nah. Yep, we're done. They fired him. Fired him as soon as they extended, fired him. The year after they extended him, we're done. Yeah, they admitted. They 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 threw up the white flag fast. So as bad of an organization they are, they tend they even in two key spots they have not been afraid to admit defeat, and I respect it. Mm -hmm. I got to I got to respect the team that just knows when to say, you know what, this ain't working, and we can see it. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, so let's look back at yesterday. Let's start with the first game. Uh, the Packers in in Detroit, mind you, uh, take care of business, and they knock off the Lions, which it, now if you look at it, Tone, the last two weeks, the Lions basically survived the Bears, a terrible Bears team, and then they lose at home now to the Packers. So is some of the shine start, even though they have that e the easy schedule that everybody talks about, is some of the shine mm -hmm. starting to come off that Lions team now? Just a little bit? Yes, you Yes, you can make an argument that this you can make an argument that the writing was on the wall. Um, yeah, they beat the yeah, they beat the Raiders and they beat the Chargers, but they really haven't been the same since that Ravens loss. Right. Um, they 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 beat the Raiders 26 to 14, but they kind of limped through that game, if you ask me. 
Um, they beat the Chargers 41 to 38. Uh, put up a lot of points, but still defense was defense was leaky for sure. And then the Bears, um, you should have lost that game. That that was that was when the straw almost broke the cameras back, but they survived it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here we go. The levees are broken. You lose to the Packers at home at that 20, 29 to 22. You dropped a very important game that 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 you should have had because now let's be honest about it it gets harder um i understand the bears and the saints aren't world beaters but the saints they lead their they lead their division and they're going to test you they're going to push you in some way they're talented still um i do i do i have questions about their coaching yeah but they're still a relatively talented team that you have to somewhat get up for and you're on the road two games in a row Right. right, the Bears almost caught you slipping last time on the road. You like you got lucky. Now you got to go to their home field. They're going. They're going to. They're going to want revenge for giving that up. They're going to overcorrect. They're going to make sure they. Have, they're going to make sure they're as buttoned up as possible. And also, Justin Fields is going to um be a couple games deeper into his return from injury. So, um, I think these next two games are crucial for them. They have to win them. Um, but again, dropping the Packers game was a huge, huge hit because you you want to win those games that you're supposed to win. Um, at the very least. So after that Bears matchup, they have Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Well, I, I have a know, hard, I have a hard time believing that they're going to win out. I have a hard time believing they're going to win out too. And the other thing is, I felt like Green Bay was in control of that game, like whole game. Yeah, end. Detroit threatened a couple times, no doubt. But I felt like Green Bay was like, "All right, we'll answer here," and they would put together a drive or do whatever they had to do, and and. Yeah. They they were it felt like they were the better team at home and meanwhile they were the underdog on the road it just had that 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 vibe to it uh, that game yeah man um, Sean Gary on Green Bay Packers man he went all whoa. my god whoa man yeah. He, yeah he listen he had such a he had such a great game all he could do was cry at the end of it that's all he could do <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so the middle game was the Commanders and the Cowboys and look let's face it if Dallas does something extremely well it's they they will beat up the lesser opponent. They will, they will take them apart. Uh, it's generally not close. Um, and that was the case yesterday where I, you know, the other thing is I saw a couple people, uh, tweet this out and they, they couldn't be more right. The fact that Sam Howell is somehow still upright with the way this year has gone, that cat has taken a freaking beating mm-hmm. this season. And he's still ticking. I, I I give that guy a lot of credit. And but that's just an aside. Dallas just handled him. They manhandled him. It wasn't even close. Yeah, it was up until the fourth quarter, if you ask me. Um, they were down twenty to ten going into halftime. In my opinion, they were very much in that game. Washington, that defense shut out the Cowboys in the third quarter. That was their opportunity right there for the offense. That they had plenty of opportunities to try to get something on the board so they can at least make it 2017 going into the fourth or even, or even tie the game up. That's how many opportunities they had Um, their defense played lights out in the third and Washington's offense couldn't do nothing, nothing, um, you know, to make it worth their while. And then all of a sudden, like I said to you before, the levees broke, the levees broke and Washington's defense couldn't hold on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you're just jumping on with us, they have fired uh, Jack Del Rio and their defensive backs coaches. They're both out in Washington. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't. I, I, I feel like, I feel like that's an overreaction. I'm not a fan of that move at all. When, when, when your defense kept you in it up until the last second, and it's like, 
What do you expect? It's the Dallas Cowboys. They know for beating up on good. They know for beating up on bad teams. You should have took advantage of the opportunities in the third quarter when you had them. I think you know, some of that also stems from the week before too, where they they just they lost to the Giants. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the bad look. Two teams in your division spanking you down. I mean that it's it's just it's a bad look. You know, and uh, and I, let's I, face I it, you. they're looking to scapegoat somebody at this point, and and you know it's you lay it at the feet of a coordinator. But you know, that game was that game was twenty four nineteen before right. Sam Howell threw a pick six. That's so true. So that score looks a lot worse than what the game really was. Defense kept you in the game again, yeah. and you know, it's just offense is not the the offense is not opportunistic. The offense um, does not take advantage of opportunities uh, that uh, that the defense provides. I just feel like it's a. I just felt like it was an overreaction. It just it just seems like the first domino to fall of many. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, look, we know what's coming at when the season ends. It, it's it's going to be a total house cleaning. It, it's going to be everybody. Um, make no make no uh, mistake there. All right, Forty um, ers Seahawks. I didn't have a good feeling for this about this one going in for the Seahawks. Yeah. Geno's banged up. No, Kenny they didn't have Walker. Kenny Walker. Yeah, you know, I it just felt. You know, and I, and I think that frankly, the Niners are are hitting hitting some stride here, man. And McCaffrey got off early, which is never a good sign for an opposing defense. Uh, then then Purdy started getting you know really comfortable. Debo looks like he's he's healthy again. Kittle was involved. Their defense was doing what they do. It was um, you know short of a great catch by Smith the Jigba. There wasn't a whole lot to you know hang your hat on if you're Seattle. Yeah, man, Seattle is um, plummeting, and they're plummeting fast. I don't see this thing getting any better for them. Um, let's really think about what they have coming up on their schedule, right? Because, um, oop, give me one second. There we go. Had a little technical difficulty here on my side. All right. So, um, looking at looking at uh Seattle right now and their entire situation, let's look at the upcoming schedule because it it, it only gets harder. Yeah. You got the you got just lost to the you lost to the Rams. You lost to the Forty ers You got the Cowboys. Then you got the Niners again. On the road this time, mm-hmm. and I think that aspect is going to be worse. Um, then you got the Eagles, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Um, man, I'll be honest with you, man. The, the 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 Seahawks are about to go on a five game losing streak. Whoa, really? Yep, I'm willing to bet on that. I, okay. By the listen, I put I put it to this way, right? By what is this? Uh, week? Come week sixteen. Come week 16, yeah. the Seattle Seahawks are going to be six and ten. Right. They're going to be six, six and ten. Or is that six Four. and nine? Really? Yeah. All right. I don't know that it, I don't all right. Let me let me just uh, I don't go over it here. Let, let's let's run through the games one more time. We run through it. They've already lost Rams 49ers. So that's two, right? Two losses back to back. They got Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. Lost, two of those lost. games are on the road. Yeah. All right. Uh at Five Tennessee, yeah, loading. at Tennessee is kind of an interesting one. Um, Pitts, yeah, Pittsburgh is probably still going to be fighting for for some. Maybe at Arizona, but at that point, it's totally over anyway, and who yeah. cares? Well, I'm sorry, I have my math wrong. They'll be six and eight by the end of this okay. by the end of this next three games. They'll be six and eight. I'm willing right. to bet on that. They're not beating the Cowboys on the road. They're not beating the 49ers on the road, and then and, and I think the Eagles are going to take advantage of a team that's. Um, demoralized and depleted. Hmm. Okay, interesting. That, that's uh, I wasn't that's looking at it that day. way, Tone. That's my hot take of the day. 
All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, so again, uh, just to circle back to the Eagles, uh, a big one here for Buffalo is Taron Johnson, their nickel corner, who's very good, uh, has been cleared. Okay, he was uh, he was injured. This one was crazy. He was injured in the second quarter of the of the win last week against the Jets. Um, and Taylor Rapp, their safety, was also hurt on the same play. Rapp was taken off the field in an ambulance with a neck injury. He he's not playing. But Johnson cleared concussion protocol. He's been very good. Uh, played over 80% of the snaps in all the two games this season. He's third in tackles. Um, he's allowed six yards per target, uh, which is good, but it's not, it's not great. It's solid. Um, but nonetheless, they get him back for that game. So um, that is a critical one as well. Hey, the other thing quickly in the, in the Cowboys game. So Deron Bland got his fifth pick six of the season, which is the, the NFL record. It's pretty impressive, man. We got a good credit record. It's very impressive. Uh, he leads the league in um, interceptions as well. So, definitely got to get credit where credit is due. Um, it's unfortunate Devontae Smith had to humble him, though. But, um, you know, um, congratulations to Deron Bland um, for setting a, a league record. Um, it's unfortunate that same production couldn't translate to that Eagles matchup. But, you know, things happen. So <laughs> Nice. I like your pettiness towards the Cowboys. Can I just reiterate that? Oh, my that? God. Uh, on, all right. it, it, so... doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're undefeated. I'm going to find a way to just put holes in their balloon. So Belichick is being – I just want to kind of jump around a little bit. Not that it matters, but he's being classic petty Belichick. He still won't name the starting quarterback. Like, my thing is, like, do you, does it really make a difference if it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whomever? The answer is no. So sit there and play your games, dude, and do whatever you're doing. Like, stop with all this. Bill Bill Petichek. Bill I mean, Petichek. Um, really? Petty LaBelle. Uh, <laughs> Petty, uh, Petty LaBelle. Um, um, Sam Petty. Um, <laughs> or Tom Petty. That's what it is. Tom Petty. Yeah, Bill, um, Bill, Bill Petty. Yeah, Bill, no, but you're right. Bill it, Petty. All those, like, all those things, here? man. Really? Pe- what, 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 what are Petty we Mills? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like you can do again. You can do this crap when you're winning. Like it's not. It's just like uh, Belichick. He's a grump, but he wins. Who cares? And when you don't win, when Tom Brady's out of town, and you do this stuff, it's like really, man. Yeah, we're gonna keep we- doing this. We talked about consistency with, with coaches, right? You are who you are. The last thing we want is to change who you are. <laughs> uh, he, he ain't changing. Uh, I, I can tell you that. Uh, there is and you no know this, point. man. Like, the older someone gets, the little more the more grumpy they become. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, I think there's two things that happen. You become more grumpy and your, your given F uh, quota goes out the window. Mm-hmm. You, you just don't care. At that point, there's you're filterless. They're two and seven, right? They, they, I believe they are. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let, let's look at the standings here. So, uh, let's, yeah, they are, they're two and eight. Um, two and eight. Would you care? No. <laughs> no. They're the, you realize they're the worst team in the AFC. Right. How man. the mighty have fallen, man. Mm. They have the worst Mm-mm-mm. record in the AFC. They are. They're only behind. They only have one more. Like, there's two teams. The Arizona Cardinals are two and nine. New England's two and eight. And then you have the Panthers at one and nine. That, wow. That's how bad this is. You know what's so and, funny? And the man. worst part here's the worst part for the Panthers they don't own that pick. 
moment. That's the Bears that for that for moving up to get Bryce Young. That sucks, man. That sucks Ooh. really bad. I'll say this though. I forgot. I I literally almost forgot the, the Patriots and like the Titans were in the NFL. I forgot. You know, it's I completely forgot about the Titans. You know, all those teams at the bottom, Cardinals, apparently you 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 forget that they're in the NFL, man. Yeah, you do. One thing I will say, man, I've never had to endure a one-win season. Thank God. Thank I'm trying God. to think of the, the worst. The worst. The worst season I've ever had to endure was a four eleven and one season. That was the worst season I've ever had to ever had to endure consciously. What about you? What was the worst season you had to endure as an Eagles fan? Oh boy, I, the I'm gonna have to go back to it. Ninety eight, which was Ray Rhodes last year. I want to say three and thirteen, but I'm gonna look it up. Um, that was horrible. Like they were the most non-competitive team you will ever see. They had totally checked out. They were three and thirteen. They, they, they were embarrassingly bad. Like the only positive that you could glean out of that team was they had a couple of good, promising draft picks, like uh, Trey Thomas, Jeremiah Trotter. They got Ike Reese that year, um, and and you could see like guys like Brian Dawkins could play. But I'm I'm telling you, Tone. As for the and, and I think I think Deuce was there by yeah end, yeah he's I there. Think. But but there was very little else. So that was that was probably right there for me that '98 team. When, when did when did Lori buy the team? Was that ninety ninety four? So Lori Lori took over. It was still Kotite. He let he let Kotite coach one year. Then he hired Ray Rhodes. Ray in '95 got the Eagles to the playoffs and they won a game. 96, they got to the playoffs and lost. And then it, it the came Le- apart. The levees broke. <laughs> yeah, it came apart. It came apart. So anyway, which resulted in that that season I'm talking. It was the worst. And then Andy comes in in 99 and, and starts rebuilding everything. That's kind of been the MO. Like, whenever the Eagles have a bad year like that, generally the next year is, is a major turnaround. Like, you're, you're in for a major turnaround. So mm. uh, they, what they were able to do, like, for example, and, Andy's last year was terrible. Four and 12, yeah. Chip Kelly got them to the playoffs the next year. Uh, Chip Kelly's last year was terrible. Doug got him to the playoffs mm-hmm. within two years. There is definitely Bowl. a trend. There's definitely a trend with if, – if you have that – you can tell the Eagles, they have a low tolerance for mediocrity because when, when you if you really pay attention to the trends in terms of coaches and their tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, the moment you hit that – what is it? The moment you hit that – uh, you know, you have that – 10 that 11 win season then you go 10 wins and eight wins and four wins they they cut ties yep they they have a very very low tolerance for mediocrity if they if they if, they, if you have a below 500 season they will fire your ass yes um i i respect it i i i respect it um but man i was i, I you know, I, I was a Doug guy. I kind of felt like he deserved another one, but I would have given Doug another year. Uh, I would have. I personally would have. Hard to argue it now, but I, I at the time, I'm telling you what I said at the time. I, I would have given him another year. I would have tried to get Wentz out of here because that had just become such a mess. But I would have given him another year and see what he could have done growing. Hurts. I would have been curious what that looked like. Now there. Were, that's the other part. We're not privy to what goes on behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. So there could have been stuff happening. I know Doug really started to get wanted more say on who his assistant coaches were. And that wasn't flying with, with the front office. So there, I think it was ultimately it was probably a split that was good for both. Doug got away from it for a year 
And I think he landed in a good spot in Jacksonville where there's not as much scrutiny on you. And mm-hmm. he, he stepped in for, you know, think about it. He took over the year after the Urban Meyer nonsense. So right, he did right. a heck of a job in his first year down there, um, you know, for sure. All right, yeah, let's yeah, get Jacksonville it. is just grateful. Jacksonville is grateful to be, in, you know, in the party. That's all it is. So No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We're going to look at the, uh, the best matchups of the week, Tone. We do have some games with real major playoff implications on the line. Um, Jags, Texans are one of those games. But you got Steelers, Bengals, uh, Browns, Broncos. It's funny, in all three of those games, there are teams that, or at least in, in two out of the first three, that we didn't think we'd ever be talking about playoff implications. Texans, uh, Broncos, the way they started, no shot. But we'll get into all those games when we come back. Uh, Don't go anywhere. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. It's time to let you know about the great folks at Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions, to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of issues in your yard or on your property, they're just a quick phone call away. And they're experts trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They specialize in removing trees fully, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-850. 2848 610-850-2848 or online at flintreeservices.com. That's com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, hour number three of the pro. Okay, did you watch um, halftime of the Cowboys game? Oh, my God. Game? I turned it off as soon as I saw what it was. I, I saw it, and I turned it off immediately. My God. It, it, it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. I got to say. Quite literally, man. Strong? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Not bad like, for 77. I mean, okay, when you put it in perspective, all right, yeah, like, you know, if, if the if if the lights are off, sure, yeah. Um but come on, man. For 77, come on. For for, for 77, yes. For 77, <laughs> all right, okay. All right. You know what I mean? But you know, a little a, a little a little too a little too a little too skinny for me, man. Okay. Just a little, you know, it's but 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 above all else, right? She's singing "We Are the Champions" and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, I'm not talking about it, the performance uh, the, <laughs> in any way, the, shape, or form. The, the vibes were all the, the vibes were all the way off. Um, but uh, you know, all right. I, I, I guess I got you. I guess I got you. All right, uh, let's let's hit a couple games here, Tone. Let's start with the uh, with the Jags and the Texans. Jacksonville uh, is a two point favorite in this one. Jacksonville seven and three. Houston six and four. So if you look at this thing just divisionally uh, for a minute here, and 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 forget about the you know the expanded playoffs or the or the right. you know conference. So you know they're 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 a game back right now. Houston is is right there, man. Uh, trailing Jacksonville, uh, they've won three straight. Has Houston, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean probably when you consider a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to where they to be where they are you got to be thrilled man if you're a texans yeah, fan listen man i'm um they got houston is home against jacksonville this 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 uh this sunday man houston is home yes this game has implications mm-hmm. and who won the first matchup they they already beat the jags once Oh yeah, they 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 have the head. They have the, if they get this. They have the head to head because they if they, they, were had, if they get this. All they have to do is just pretty much stay on par with them, and they win the division. Right. That's all they have to do. Yes. Man, oh man, who would have thought? Jack Jacksonville, I like you, but you better, you better, you better stay in your p's and q's. Otherwise, you lose this game. I might get off the bandwagon. The the one thing I'm going to be one of the things I'm going to be looking at very, and I I can't wait for this game. Uh, C.J. Stroud. 
He's been a guy who's been really clean with the football all year, has not turned it over much. We saw a little bit of like sort of reality or a little bit of, and it could just be a blip last week. So I, I, you got to get him back to being the guy who doesn't give the ball up. And I think you could be in good shape. Like, I don't, I think Jacksonville's good, but I don't see them as an unbeatable team by any stretch. Oh, and no, no, you, no. you know, the Texans go in there feeling good about themselves because they had beaten them the first time. Handily, too, by the way. Did he beat yeah. 31 17? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a very competitive game. You're right. So I would, if I'm Houston, I would be very confident, but I, be confident, but don't be overzealous. Don't go in there thinking you're just going to just, don't think you're just going to just walk all over. Uh, Jacksonville understands they got a lot to fight for. They have a lot to fight for, too. Um, they're trying to make sure they stay, uh, you know, in the mix in the playoffs as well. Right now, right now, they are the third seed. They lose to them. They could probably drop to the sixth seed, maybe the seventh seed, depending on how things how, how things pan out. Just it's so crazy how how nip and tuck things are in the uh, AFC, man. Uh, if the Jacksonville Jag if the Jacksonville Jaguars don't play their cards right, they can find themselves out of the playoff mix because they got Texans, Bengals, which I think is going to be a win most likely. They don't have Joe Burrow. Then they got yep. the Browns, who I can't count out because of that defense, and they got the Ravens. And then the last three games, they should be able to win those games, Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans. But uh, these next four games for them um, are going to decide their season, if you ask me. Yep, yep, agreed. All right, so that's going to be a good one. I like I like Houston in that game. I like Houston in that game. You know what's so crazy, man? As much as I like Jacksonville, I like Houston in that game too. Yeah. Uh, Steelers, Bengals. Now, here's the big thing. What, what are we looking at differently here with the Steelers? They get Matt Canada out of there. He's gone, uh, the offensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold. Anything's going to change here. I don't know if Pickett's the answer. He seems to be always going into these games really banged up too. Um, mm-hmm. They take on a Bengals team. That's, you know, Jake Browning is the starting quarterback. Cincinnati's five and five Pittsburgh, six and four. These are two teams that are really, uh, you know, hanging on here for their playoff lives. And both teams need it bad. They need this, this game badly because um. right uh, Pittsburgh is the seven seed at six and four, and uh, the Bengals right now are the 11 seed at five and five because you have the Colts, Broncos, and Bengals all tied at five and five. Um, and Buffalo's the eight seed at six and five, then it's Pittsburgh at six and four. Pittsburgh's battling with, with the Texans, both teams are six and four right now, so. This is a major playoff implication implication game for sure. I like I like the Steelers in that in this matchup um, for the simple fact that um, I think I, I, the Bengals have a backup quarterback in there that I don't think will be able to produce against that Steelers defense. Now, can the Pittsburgh Steelers offense put up enough points to give them some kind of cushion for their defense? That's the question. Yeah, this, this game is going to be this, this game. Kenny Pickett's performance is going to decide this game. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I, I agree. Like, but, I, but I like the Steelers in this game. I like the Steelers. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. Yeah, just out of the sheer fact that it's such an unknown, he's such an unknown quantity. Uh, Browning, I, I probably lean towards the the, the Steelers in this one. All right, Browns and Broncos. So we all know. Um, you know, Cleveland's done an unbelievable job despite a lot of injuries they've had to overcome. They're seven and three. 
right now. They're they're one of uh what four teams. Kansas City seven and three, Jacksonville seven and three, Miami seven and three, Cleveland seven and three. Mm-hmm. Uh all sitting there right now. They're in they're in the in the five hole right now because all those teams are seven and three and they're not in first place in the division. That's Baltimore at eight and three. Okay. Then you go to uh you go to the Broncos after that. Denver, as I mentioned, five and five, but that doesn't even really tell you the story on what's going on with them. I mean, they have really flipped this thing around. If you look at it, Tone, since they gave up that 70 spot to Miami, next week they won. Yes, they lost the next two after that, but then they've won four in a row. So they've won five of their last seven games to to get themselves not only, you know, like right back in this thing completely, you know, from, from, they went from like laughing stock to, you know, the butt of every joke, Sean Payton, to maybe they can really be a playoff team this year. Yeah, man. Um, I'm looking at the Broncos as a team that's also hanging on by a thread. They can't, they can't afford any more mistakes at this point. Right. Um, they are on a winning streak, so I give them credit for that. Um, can they usurp the Browns? Can they find a way to put up enough points on this Browns team that I think is going to struggle to put up points themselves? Hmm. Uh, who's the home team? The home team is the Broncos. Broncos are, are one and a half point favorites at home. I kind of like Denver. I like Denver too in this game. Um, I think I think that point spread is pretty pretty right. That Browns defense is going to do everything, everything possible to win that game. That uh, Browns that's the defense thing. is nasty. They're going to show up. Can the Broncos weather that storm? It remains to be seen, but I think I'm going to edge the Broncos. I like the Broncos in that game. I don't think I don't think they win by much though. It's going to come down to like a a game. It's going to, someone's going to have to go on a game winning drive, and I think it's going to have to be, um, I think it's going to have to be the Browns, and I don't think their quarterback could be able to get it done. I got you. Okay. Um, Saints Falcons. Um, I bring this up simply because they're both in play in that division. For no other reason, they're they're in a bad division in the NFC South. New Orleans is five and five. Atlanta's four and six. New Orleans lost last week. Atlanta's lost three in a row. Uh, you know, it, it's like pick 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 your pick your poison here because nobody's good enough. You know, you got Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa at four and six, and Carolina at one and nine. By far the worst division in football, and it's not really close. Yeah, it's um. Uh. I don't even really know how to even quantify this thing. Um, I'm looking at why, why are you laughing, Rob? I'm laughing because yeah, just like, <laughs> sometimes there isn't much to say on, on these on these kind of matchups. I get. It, I'll t- all right. I'll take the home team. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll team. with the Saints. Derek Carr is playing, uh, and that is not really a vote of confidence for the Saints. It's a vote against the Falcons. And by the way, I picked Atlanta to win that division. You sure did. Gunner sure had the did, Saints. Man. Really, neither one of these teams are dressing themselves up in glory. Okay, yeah, let's, let's face it. You're not so far off, though. I mean, one loss or one win can change. You know, it's yeah. It's not like it's not going to be uh, a a tremendous feat. Whoever wins the, you know, it's just it's just it's just sad. It's just sad, man. Yeah, sad. it's it, sometimes it happens, and it's that that's the division this year that's just awful. So again, for those purposes. Uh, we're going to look at the Bucks and the Colts. Uh, this game's in Indy. The Colts are minus two and a half. You got the four and six Tampa team that is, you know, really kind of in second place there. 
And you do have Indianapolis, who, again, I, I think the Texans have kind of outshined them a little bit in terms of like turnaround years. But, you know, don't sleep on the job Steichen's done. To have them at five and five, having lost their starting quarterback for the season and doing this with Minshew and uh, not a lot of talent, in my opinion, uh, generally, but especially at a skill position. Um, He's done a nice job. I think I think that he is he has acquitted himself well in his first year. Yeah, if you ask me, they're in the playoff hunt. They're right there. Um, they're not out of it at all. Yeah. So um I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at this as one of those situations where uh again, who's the home team? The home team the home? is Indy. Indianapolis is minus two and a half at home. I like Indy in this game. I like Indy in this game. I trust I think I, I think I trust uh, Minshew a bit more than Mayfield. I think I do. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Colts in that game. Boy, I don't know that I can say trust with either of those guys. I yeah, mean, maybe that's the wrong. Maybe that's the wrong. No, word. I know what you um, mean. I'm not n- knocking the way you said it. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I I think you probably lean. I just that th- this is a coin flip kind of game, like to me. I probably just that's, take in, Indy. That's why I always take the, in games like this. Who's the home team? I'll take. Yeah. Them. That's it. I mean, what other reason are you are you going to back strongly back either one of these two? Um, all right, let's run through a couple other games uh, this week. Admittedly, not the greatest card of games this week, and we, you, we've already lost three games to Thanksgiving, and then we're we're going to lose the game today, which is the Jets and the uh, and the Dolphins. All right, uh, so some other games: Panthers, Titans. Uh, Titans are home. They're only three and a half point favorites. Against the one and nine Panthers team, what does that tell you about the confidence level of Vegas for the Tennessee Titans? I'm gonna go out on the limb here, and I think the Panthers win this one. Ooh, okay. I think the Panthers find. I think the Panthers find a way to get their second win of the season. Uh, okay. Yeah. All I, right. I, 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 you know, I think Bryce Young. He had. He has to do something, man. Um, I know he doesn't have an O line, but yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm taking Panthers in this one. I'm going out on the limb. Why not? Okay. All right. Uh, Patriots, Giants. We talked about it earlier. Belichick still won't cop to his quarterback, and the, that this is a mess of a game. Giants are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. There's Isn't a, there's a bunch of these games that you go running from when they come, if they come on the TV. Isn't it amazing how there was a point in time where both of these teams were facing each other in Super Bowls? Yeah, not Isn't all that amazing? long ago. Yeah, Not that long ago. Yet here we are. So, but we have to live. But we have to live in the present. And honestly, a game like this, once again, who's the home team? Yep. Uh, Giants. Giants are. Yep. Uh oh, Giants. You know, Tommy DeVito. I'm going. I'm going Patriots in this one. Tommy DeVito versus. Uh, Probably Mr. Mac Jones, but we don't know. So so basically, Tommy DeVito versus the unknown. Bailey Zappi. Tommy DeVito versus Bailey Zappi. Yo, I'm telling you, man, this thing sounds like this. This, this, this thing sounds like two mob bosses. Tommy DeVito. I don't know what Bailey Zappi sounds like. Bailey Zappi, like Bailey know. Zappi. Bailey Zappi sounds like some some kind of. It sounds like a pop mafia. No, like, I think Bailey Zappi uh, sounds like a a new pop. So, Here's a latest like Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi sounds like a. Sounds like a female pop singer. Sounds like a yeah, chick. That's what it sounds like. Bailey oh, yeah, Zappi. Not good. Oh my goodness, yeah, man. Good. And Tommy, Tommy DeVito sounds like the bodyguard. <laughs> um, 
Rams, Cardinals again. You know, uh, that's an interesting game. I want to see. Here's the one thing I I, I would want to glean out of that. How Kyler Murray uh, has put a little spark into them. I'm not a fan. Let me be clear. But I want to see his development if he if he closes the year out strong. And they, I think they want to see that too to decide what they're going to do going forward. Yeah, so far he's one and one in his return. Yeah. Um they all they were they almost won that Texans game. They were close. Yeah, they did. But, they, they were in. But but so but so far um one and one in his return. Yeah. Um I like I like the Rams in this game. I think they have a better defense. Okay. And um oh wait, is Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup playing? I don't think uh, he is. I, I he's think question, he's, he's questionable. He's questionable. Yeah, he's questionable. They haven't practiced yet um, today. I still like the Rams in this game. They have a better defense. Um, they have better weapons. So, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take. Wow, Matthew Stafford only has nine TDs on the season. Well, he's missed time too. He's missing time. That's that, that's that's true. That's true. But still, yeah, I know. Nonetheless, though, um, okay, I, I I'm roll, I'm rolling with the Rams in this game. What about okay. you? Uh, I like, uh, I like the, I like the Cardinals here at home. Mm, okay, cool. Like cool. Chiefs Raiders. Uh, and how does Andy's squad respond off of that? I'm sure I think they're really angry and they felt like they let one get away. Uh, this game is in Vegas yet. The, uh, Chiefs are nine point favorites. I like the Chiefs that nine's a lot. It kind of scares me, but I like the Chiefs to, to bounce back with a win here. Yeah, I think that I mean they're going to be on the road, but I think the Chiefs um, are going to take their frustrations out on the Raiders, and okay. um, I think I think they win that game. Um, I, here's the thing, man: that Raiders defense is interesting because they, they got some talent on there. I, I love Max Crosby. You know, the, did you know like he's played? He has several games this season where he's played like a hundred percent of the snaps or like over ninety percent of the snaps. His motor is unmatched. I'm telling you, if you watch him, every single play is balls to the wall. Like there's never any half stepping or not full effort. He, that guy goes, uh, he gives you everything he's got every second. I'll give him that much. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this right now. Let me, let me make sure I got this thing correct here, but you know, as far as far as snap counts go, you know, he's on the season. He's averaging, 98% 98% of the defensive snaps this year. 98%. Last year it was 96%. Yep. Um, he doesn't miss games. He's been healthy pretty much his entire career. Mm-hmm. This is insane. How old is yeah. this guy? He's only 26? Yeah, he hasn't been around that long. What? Yeah. I don't know why I thought this dude was in his 30s. Oh, no. man, that's in- that's insane. Was he I know fourth round fourth round pick. Wow. Um yeah, out of like central Michigan. Yeah, uh Eastern Michigan. Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Michigan. Yep. 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 From that's from, amazing. From, from Coleyville Heritage, Texas. Yep. Wow. Oh yeah, man, he, listen. I, I like Max Crosby. Good player. So, good player. But yeah, I, right. I think I think she's winning the game though. Uh Sunday night. A uh, big game for the Ravens because they have to you know keep serve here be- with everybody chasing them at seven and three because they're eight and three right now. But they go to LA to take on the Chargers. Ravens are three and a half point favorites. Uh, the mm. thing with the how do you Ravens feel about is- that number? 
it feels a little low to me. Feels a little hmm, low. To me, me. Right. It seems a little. What? 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 what what's Vegas? What's Vegas? My reasoning is, there? I think their reasoning is, they want to see what this offense looks like without Mark Andrews. Hmm. I think that's that, a little because Mark Andrews is a huge part of what Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. So I think that's one part. I think the other part is uh, on the road. They're on the road and. Look, I know, I think you know how we feel about the Chargers, but if they have any hope, they have to win this game. Hmm. It's a very desperate game for them. And I think yeah, Vegas the, is taking all those things into account. Yeah, the Chargers, here's the thing, right? They're four and six, which yeah. leaves seven games in the season for them. Right. They have to if I don't know how possible it is. They have to they have to run the table. They have to run the table. To even be considered in the playoff hunt, they got to run the table. Um, I don't know how plausible that is when you have Ravens on the schedule and you got Broncos, you got Raiders, Bills, Broncos again, then Chiefs. I don't know, man, but I'm taking the Raiders in that game. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm taking the Ravens, the Ravens in that game. Um, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta roll with the Ravens in this matchup. Yeah, I just, um, I, there's no way that I can back the Chargers. I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm sorry, no way. man. I, I've seen too much. You of lost this the this Packers. Year. Yeah, I've seen too much of this this year, and I, I don't trust the coach if the game's close, in any way, shape, or form. I feel like LA figures out ways to lose rather than ways to win. Bingo. So I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not backing them. All right. Lastly, Monday night, again, one team with some playoff implications, one with not without. Uh, Bears-Vikings. This game's in Minnesota. Minnesota's minus three. Vikings are coming off the loss last week. Uh, Bears, I guess, maybe moral victory because they played the Lions close. But Minnesota's got a lot to play for here uh, in this game because they they, they def- absolutely still have hope for the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, they, they need this game. They need um, this they, game bad. They, they need bad. absolutely uh, need this game. And let me make sure I got this correct here. Uh they have okay. They haven't had their buy yet either. They'll have their buy in week thirteen. So yeah, Minnesota's um, in right now. They got yeah. Seattle losing helps them. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yep. It definitely helps their chances. Yep. But they still got to play Detroit twice. Um, likewise, you know Detroit, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Vike, I like Vikings over Chicago. Um, I'll take that game, especially since they're home. Um, but this is a must-win game. Uh, the Vikings are another team that can't afford to really drop too many um, down the stretch. So no, um, but look, these, the, these next three games for them um, are favorable um, in terms of just matchups and whatnot. So uh, we'll when see. When is their buy? We like they they haven't had it yet. Still, week, uh, week thirteen. The Vikings buy is week thirteen. So after after the Chicago game, they have a bye week, and then after that, they got uh, they're on the road against Vegas, on the road against Cincinnati. Then they got Detroit at home, Green Bay at home. Then they're on the road against Detroit. So, Damn. um, after that bye week, they're going to have it's going to be tough sledding, but this is going to tell us a lot about yeah. where they are. And you know, Green Bay is all of a sudden challenging, um, the Vikings. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting uh turn of events. Okay, all right, all right. I do want to I want to go back to something we were talking about with the Eagles, just to jump off the NFL st- stuff and get back specifically to the Eagles. Um, so Stefan Diggs, who we were talking about a little bit earlier. 77 catches, 895 yards, seven touchdowns. Gabe Davis, solid. 33 catches, 490 yards, five touchdowns. 
They are without uh, Dawson Knox, but they have Dalton Kincaid, who who, who was a rookie, who I think is going to be pretty good at some point. Here's here's the question I have for you, Tone. Do you feel like this? I still am not sold on the secondary. I feel better about some things. I feel better about getting Roby back in the slot. I like the fact that Byard's, you know, again, been in the system longer and, and those kind of things are good. I'm, I need a few more games before I, you know, come around on this, that, you know, they've at least solidified it with I'm not saying great, but they've, they've kind of just, you know, found their footing a little bit. I'm not there yet. No, I, I mean, I, I totally understand. Like they're, they're six and five for a reason. I mean, mainly because they've had some ill-timed turnovers for sure. But no, um, I'm talking Eagle secondary, Eagle secondary. Oh, Eagle secondary. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. That's um, right. No, yeah. The Eagle secondary, they still have a lot to prove though. You know, this isn't a game where they can just walk into and say, all right, we shut down Patrick Mahomes, and now we can just mail it in. Nope, it's not how that works. Got to prove it every single week. And because um, Josh Allen is turnover prone, I think they can take advantage of his, uh, his uh, you know, his how, how brazen he can be in the, in the passing game and even running the ball. Um, I actually think the Eagles are going to get him for a strip sack on Sunday. Um, maybe even more, but I definitely think they're going to get a strip sack for him. Um, Struggle strip three times, and he's got twelve picks. So right. Um. Now, granted, they beat the Jets thirty-two to six, and you had Josh Allen screaming, "I'm back!" All that kind of stuff. It's the, gotta relax, my man. Um, you beat the Jets. I mean, granted, the Eagles lost to the Jets. Don't get it twisted; they lost. But at this point in the season, I don't think no one's really taking the Jets, but so serious. So, um. Gotta relax, man. You gotta you, you gotta prove your back and get some you know some heavier you know some heavier weight competition. These next three games or four games are gonna and we're to tell us if the Bills are back. You got Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers. And then you got and then you got Patriots, then Dolphins. So you can make an argument. The next six game stretch is gonna tell us if they're back. Not beating the Jets. That doesn't tell me much about where you are right now. So uh, I think the Eagles pass defense. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna have some work to do. But I I actually anticipate a similar game plan. Um, in terms of how the Eagles defended Kelsey, I think they're going to do everything to eliminate Stefan Diggs and try to force everyone else to beat them. Yeah, like by, um, you know, they simplified things last week, which was smart, right? And that and that's one of the things that, that Matt Catalana said. He said, look, they, they they had too much on Josh Allen's plate, so they, they, they need to simplify things they did last week against the Jets. But can you simplify things to that degree every week? And, and I just wonder if it's a close game, which it wasn't last week. Do we seem to see the same old Josh Allen sort of enter the picture where he's going to try and play hero ball. He's going to try and get everything back with one throw or keep a play alive when he should have thrown it away. And then there's a strip sack and all those kind of things. And not to mention, you don't, you know, not just in the pocket, if he's out running and you get a hit on him, a strip sack, whatever, I mean, that's the other thing to look at is, is creating turnovers of this thing. And the good thing is the Eagles got a couple turnovers last week, and maybe that's kind of where this has started now or where it's headed with them. They, it's something they had to do early in the season they weren't doing. Good trend coming out of the bye, take the ball away a couple of times and carry that over into this game. And by the way, we're going to give our game predictions uh, at the end of the show, like we always do, game Definitely. and storyline predictions at the end of the show. Definitely. So that's Definitely. something to look at too. Yeah, yeah. you know, again, the Bills – they're a team that they have no room for error. None. I think they lose this game. I don't I have a hard time believing that they can run with anybody else in the rest of that schedule. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's come back and we are going to do uh one of our staples. 
start, bench, cut. In addition to that, I want to get into this Greg, Greg Popovich thing where he took it upon himself to lecture the fans the other night who were booing Kawhi Leonard on the free throw line. I want to talk about Chris Paul and Scott Foster and, and this, this joke that's been going on uh, with Scott Foster and officially the NBA. We'll hit both of those things, storylines, game predictions for the Eagles. We've got a lot in store as we roll into that final half hour. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. I want to talk a little NBA here, and then we'll get into a uh, Stark bench and cut. Um, first off, I don't know if you saw this on Wednesday. So the Clippers are in San Antonio to play the Spurs. And Kawhi Leonard's at the line. Of course, there's a history there. Kawhi Leonard played, started his career with the Spurs, won championships with the Spurs, left uh, in, the, in the city, was obviously very disappointed when he left, went to Toronto, and then ended up with the Clippers. Okay, so he's on the line. And they're booing him. They're booing him, you know, whenever he goes to the line, whenever he touches the ball, they're not happy that he left them, et cetera. Greg Popovich grabs the mic, addresses the crowd, and basically tells him, you know, have some class. We're better than this. Don't boo this guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know if he recognized how bad it looked because after the game, he didn't walk it back, but he said, I was doing it to tell them not to poke the bear, not to anger him anymore. But when uh, a coach tells the paying customer how to, to act. Booing. You had yeah, to stop booing. Yeah, yeah not, you weren't doing anything offensive. There wasn't curses. There wasn't you know racial intones. In there wasn't any of that. This was just fans saying, "Boo, you left us." Who the hell does Greg Popovich think he is? Like, dude, I don't care. You, you you've won tons of titles. You're a great coach. You're in the Hall of Fame. Don't tell me how to act as a fan, because if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't be a you. Okay. There would not be a you. So I am so tired of this guy's act. So sick of it. It was so, it was so ridiculous. And, um, he did, he did this mid game arrogant. Oh yeah. He took was, the, it, was yeah. it, was it a halftime or something? Or what no, 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 was no. this? Kawhi's on the line. He grabs the PA, like think Matt cords at doing the Sixers game. He grabs the mic and says, you know, stop booing this guy. Basically, I'll paraphrase. That's what he says. That's what he does. And says we're better than this. It's classless and all that. It's not how Mid we act. Game. Who the in who the? game? How old is he again? Probably in his seventies. Yeah. Is 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 early onset? Anything starting to, starting to kick in? I don't know. But like, for one, I agree with you one hundred percent. No, as long as no one was being ultra disrespectful, you know, racial, whatever it may be, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. First of all, any it doesn't matter who you are. If you're the opposing team at the free throw line, we're booing you. No one's special yeah. in that regard. That's, and, that's, not, and you, he that's not unique you. to Ka- that's not unique to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he left you at the altar. Like he let he rolled on you. And so you're, yeah. you're even more ticked off. Yeah, like it, the way he left, it wasn't like it was one of those, you know, peace out, you know, it was you know, it, it, no, it was it was a, it was a pretty turbulent exit. Yes. And to to act like those fans owe him some type of first of all again, they booed him at the at the free throw line. Yep. Every opposing team gets booed at the free throw line. I've been to Sixers games. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Zaza Pachulia. You're getting booed at the free throw line. Zaza Pachulia. Like 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 it, it just doesn't matter who you like like again, it wasn't like, you know, he was in warm-ups and there's or they were screaming F U Kawhi. They weren't saying that. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. so it's yeah. I, I'm I'm not jacking that. I'm not vibing with that at all. Um, 
I'm, I respect Popovich, but he needs to sit his behind down. Yeah. That was so weird. And again, to do it in the middle of a game, that's so weird. Well, this it's is like, weird. It's also, he's got a little, there's, it's a little Belichicky in, in that, you know, once Tim Duncan and, you know, and, and uh, Parker and Ginobili and that crew rolled, the bad sense. So there's a little bit of that too, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, the, the other one is this is flat out, out of control. It's been out of control for a very long time. Chris Paul and Scott Foster. Yeah. Okay. You don't know who Scott Foster is. He's an official in the NBA. He and Chris Paul have had this long running feud, uh, over the years. Let me give you this stat tone. This is from Tom, uh, Haberstroh, who does a very good job covering the league, covering the league. Okay. Um, Chris Paul's teams were favored in 15 of the 20 playoff games that Scott Foster officiated. In those games, again, they were they were the favorites 15 times out of 20. Mm-hmm. They went 3 and 17, losing by an average of 11.2 points per game. Like they were heavy favorites and not only lost lost convincingly in 14 of 17 games and lost by more than 10 points in those games. So, and the other night, there was an, once again, Chris Paul and Scott Foster have words, and Chris Paul get double teed and run from the game. And he said after the game, like, I don't know what else I have to do at this point. I tried to talk to the league about it. We have talked to the league about it. We tried to address this thing. It continues. It happens all the time. It's not a coincidence. It's personal, right. the words that Chris Paul used. And you know what? Chris Paul's exactly right. It is. Personal. It is personal. It's a vendetta that this guy has against Chris Paul. Plain and simple. I, I, yeah, I, I would I have, to, so I would have to agree. Yeah, I gotta agree. I gotta agree. It's no way. It's no way something like that is just happenstance or coincidence. If you ask me, you gave me a twenty-game sample size, and every game that he's and they were heavy favorites in fifteen of them. You mentioned they're three and seventeen in the yep. games that he's. That's not that that's that's by no stretch of the imagination a coincidence to me. Uh he makes it a point. See, see, this is the problem. I, there's nothing more annoying than when referees try to make themselves a part of the narrative or try to or, or try to make themselves the story, right? Yeah. You're supposed to referee the game, not dictate the game. And that's the problem right then and there. Um can't something the, the league, the league should do something about it. It's it's clearly personal. Clearly, mm-hmm. I agree. He, he can't. There's there has to be a couple different things that happen here. Either he does he no longer officiates Chris Paul's games, or there's sanctions taken against this guy. Plain and simple, but it won't happen because Adam not. Silver rarely stands up in these kind of moments, and they have a strong uh, union. So I, I I don't think it'll happen, but. Like if there is even a there is especially come postseason time there is no way in heck that Scott Foster should be officiating a a a Golden State Warrior uh, game this year shouldn't be shouldn't never ever happen uh, even a little yeah. bit all right yeah. MVP uh, I, I, I'm with you on that MVP odds for the NFL uh, according to uh, uh, BetMGM Jalen Hurts the favorite right now he's at plus two fifty. Lamar Jackson is in second place at plus 400. Patrick Mahomes is plus 450. And Tua Tagovailoa 
is plus 500. So Jalen is the leader in the clubhouse. It's, you know, relatively close, but he's the leader over Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Tua. You, what's your gut telling you? You think he wins it this year or what? Um, I think he has the strongest case um, to win it, especially if, if he if he finds a way to run the table or at least go five and five and one over the six game stretch that we've been talking about all year long. Um, if he finds if he find, if he finds a way to you know win these games and they have the best record in the NFL, come on, man, how can you deny him? I agree. How can you? I think I, I think at this point. He would have to fall off a cliff for the, for him not to win it. He should win it. Yeah, I, I the only thing that stops him, in my opinion, is injury. It yes, injury last year. Yep, injury yep. and somehow, some way, if Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes just start Goes going crazy, yeah, go you know berserk. Yeah, but I think the the only look he doesn't get hurt in that Chicago game <clears throat> as great a year as as Mahomes had. Mm-hmm. Jalen wins it last year. He got hurt. He missed two games, and he wasn't right in the Giants game. And the Eagles were just trying to get out of there with a win, an ugly win, mm-hmm. to secure home field advantage. And and all right. of a sudden, the numbers take a dip over those last three weeks. That's all. That's all it was. So, uh, and, and the fact that his knee is getting better, knock on wood, uh, is going to go a long way too, to to him winning this thing. That's for sure. Yeah, all good right. point. You want to do a little uh, start bench cut? And what is our category today, Tell? Uh, just NFL edition, just just random players across okay. the NFL that I thought about. Um, I figured it'd be interesting to talk about. So, um, I have about maybe where are we? Uh, one forty-one. Yeah, I have I have I have enough fours here. All right, so, so we get start bench cut. So start bench cut cut. If you're not familiar with it, is well, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. You're gonna give me three options, and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna bounce them off each other. But three options: who do you start? Who do you bench? Who do you cut? And it's tough because. Usually the three are pretty comparable or at least pretty, you know, pretty talented in their own right. Right. And that was the goal, right? I wanted to try to make sure it can be as comparable as possible. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Let's get this thing on the roll here. Let's do it. Start, bench, cut. All right. NFL, NFL edition. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Oh, my gosh. Start, bench, Cut. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. I'm going to work backwards. I am benching Josh Allen. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm cutting. Josh I'm sorry. Allen. I'm cutting Josh Allen. I'm cutting. Oh, okay. You're cutting Josh Allen. He's all right. cut. And again, I'm we're start- basing this off of recent performance, all that kind of stuff. You know. Yes. Uh, I'm starting Jalen Hurts. I'm benching Lamar Jackson. I'm cutting Josh Allen. Here's my reasoning. I've seen Jalen get it done in the playoffs. I saw Jalen play great in the Super Bowl, even though he had one mistake. I am still not sold of Josh Allen delivering in a big spot in the postseason. I mean, Lamar uh, Jackson delivering in a in a big spot in the postseason. I don't trust Josh Allen in a big spot in a big game not to make a mistake, even though he was brilliant in a couple of those playoff games that weren't his fault. I know some of this is recency bias when it comes to Allen, but I'm I'm for right now. I'm going to go Hertz, Jackson, Allen. How about you? Hmm. Okay. For me, uh, start Hertz. Um, I want to start Hertz. I'm going to. I'm going to bench Josh Allen, and I'm going to cut Lamar Jackson. 
The reason I'm doing that is because I've seen Josh Allen make it further in the playoffs than Lamar Jackson ever has. True. He has more. He has more. And I understand he turns the ball over, but when he's on, he's on. Mm-hmm. And um, he has more playoff wins, um, relatively more playoff success. Um, Lamar Jackson, as great as he's playing, we've seen him play this great before. We've seen it before. Uh, can he? Can he make a deep playoff run? That's my biggest question, right? Jalen Hurts, to your point, I've seen Jalen Hurts make deep make a deep playoff run. Um, I've seen him um, continuously find a way to win games, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting Hurts, benching Josh Allen, and I'm cutting Lamar Jackson. Okay. Okay. All right. Next. All right. Next. Next. Start bench cut. Yep. AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Oh, oh man. <sighs> AJ Brown. Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, bench or start bench cut. Okay. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Stefan Diggs. So I'm starting Tyreek Hill. I'm benching A.J. Brown, and I'm cutting Stefan Diggs. Mm. That pains me to say. It pains me to say. But there's too much ability to beat you deep in the air. With Tyreek Hill and to beat you on a slant where nobody can catch him, he is great and dominant as A.J. Brown has been, and Stephon Diggs is a monster himself. So I'm going to go Hill, Brown, Diggs. Start, bench, cut. How about you? Hmm. Even when I was writing this down, it was tough, right? <laughs> uh, start, bench, cut. I'm starting AJ Brown. I just feel like he's so, I feel like he's so physically imposing. Like it's yeah. hands like glue. I'm starting AJ Brown. Uh I'm benching Stefan Diggs. I'm yeah. benching Stefan Diggs and I'm cutting Tyreek Hill. Now look cutting Tyreek Hill. Yep. I am. I am. Um, I think Stefan Diggs has better hands than him. Okay. Um, Tyreek Hill, he's extremely fast. Extremely fast. One of the hardest, probably the hardest guy to defend because of that, because of that speed. Hmm. Because of that speed. But I just feel like Stefan Diggs has better hands than him. Um, I like I, I, I love I love Stefan Diggs' route running ability. Yeah. Um, and again, all three of these guys are at the top of their craft. I mean. There's there's always a wrong answer, you know, you know, with these kind of guys. So, yeah, um, I'm rolling with A.J. Brown starting um, benching digs and I'm cutting uh, Tyreek Hill. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. All right. What, what's uh, what's our next one? All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, start bench cut DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard. Travis Etienne from Jacksonville. Start bench cut. DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, uh, Travis Etienne. I'm starting Etienne. I'm benching DeAndre Swift, and I'm cutting Pollard. That's exactly where I am with that. I'm starting Travis uh, Etienne. I'm benching DeAndre Swift, and I'm cutting Tony Pollard. I've been disappointed frankly in Pollard this year. Um I thought he had a better year. I yeah. uh I'm a huge I thought he'd be more effective. I thought he'd be more effective. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm a huge ETN fan and ETN can do, I, I, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to put DeAndre Swift down. I like him a lot, but, but DeAndre Swift is a poor man, Travis ETN. I think ETN's a better runner and better pass catcher. I think he's better yeah. in both of those modes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's so funny. They're both poor man's versions of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, so, everybody, yeah, yeah, to a lesser right. degree, that's what they are. Yeah, right. I agree. But, right. but so, uh, yeah, but I'm, with I you, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Uh, ETN for sure, starting and benching yeah. split. Yeah, there's just too much. There, there's ETN does too many things well, man, that I can't back him. Okay. All right. Yep. Start, bench, cut. CJ Stroud, Justin Herbert, or Trevor Lawrence? Start, bench, cut. CJ Stroud, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. This is good. I like this one. I like this one. I'm going to be an absolute prisoner of the moment. I'm going to start Stroud because I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bank on riding the wave that continues to go up with him. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um. God, this, it's hard because there's so much talent with Herbert. And you just wonder, like, if he gets with the right people. Oh, man. All right. I'm starting oh, Stroud. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Who is who, uh, Stroud? Who is the other one? All right. So uh, CJ Stroud, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. All right. I'm going to, I I got it. I'm, I'm going, I'm still going to bank on Herbert getting it together a little bit. So I'm going to go Stroud, Herbert, Lawrence. And I'm not a Lawrence okay. hater, but. That's, no, I got that's, you. that's what I'm gonna go with. I got you. Um, I'm going CJ Stroud starting, Trevor Lawrence benching, and I'm cutting Justin Herbert. Okay. The reason I'm cutting Justin Herbert, he doesn't win enough for me. Um, there's been a lot of situations last year and this year where the ball has been in his hands. Yeah, his hands, and he has not gotten it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I also trust Trevor Lawrence's situation a lot a lot better than I trust Justin Herbert's situation. Yeah. So so um, I'm definitely starting Stroud. I think again, I'm with you. I'm prisoner of the moment right now. I think Stroud, I think Stroud is the best QB in, in, in his division right now, easily. Um, so going. Yeah, Stroud. I, like I don't think this is a fly by night thing. I think this is what this guy is. Yeah, starting CJ Stroud, benching Lawrence, cutting Herbert. Okay. Okay. All right. We probably really do good. two. We could probably do two more at least. Okay, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we got plenty to work with. This is going to really test you right here. All right. Start bench cut. Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, or Gardner Minshew. Start bench cut. All right. Kenny cutting, Pickett, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. Cutting Pickett. Pickett's cut. <laughs> Man, who am I starting? <laughs> oh, um. I'm still. I'm gonna go Mayfield start, Minshew bench, cutting picket. Mayfield mm. start, bench Minshew cut picket. I'll be let me be clear. Wow. I don't really love any of these cats. If I have, a I know, one, I know that's the point. The win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what I'm going with. What are you going with? I am. I'm starting. I'm starting Minshew. Okay. I'm benching Mayfield and I'm cutting Pickett. Um, I like Minshew's ability to work in the confines of the offense. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, he's a gut. I mean, both. It's so funny. Minshew and Mayfield, they're both made up of the same stuff. They're both gutsy players. Yeah. Um, but Small. I like, but I like, but but I like Minshew's ability. To, I like Minshew's ability ability to play on script more so than Baker Mayfield's. So yeah. uh, I'm going Minshew starting. I'm benching Mayfield. I'm cutting Kenny Pickett. All right. Yeah. Okay. See. All right. All right. Got another one for you. Here we go. Start bench cut. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons. Start bench cut. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons. Oh my God. Uh well, this is nice in that you can't go wrong with whoever you start, but you man, this is tough. Okay. I'm going to go start Watt, bench, Garrett, cut, Parsons. Mm. Yes. For me, I'm starting Miles Garrett. I am. I'm starting Miles Garrett. I'm benching TJ Watt. Okay. And I'm cutting Michael Parsons. Okay. It's not because he's a cowboy. It's not for me either. Yeah, I he, promise I'm, you that. I, yeah. He's, I know he's norm, normally yeah. I'm very petty with the Cowboys. Right now, yeah. I'm not being petty at all. Yeah. Um, TJ Watt has a defensive player of the year under the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I went with. And he, he's got the versatility. He creates a lot of turnovers. Yeah. And his impact, his impact for that, you can make an argument. The Pittsburgh Steelers are what they are because of T.J. Watt. Yes. Like, he's by far been their best player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm starting Miles Garrett, benching T.J. Watt, and Michael Parsons is getting cut. Great player. Um, very versatile. Can do pretty much anything you want him to do. Um, but I think those guys just edge him ever so slightly. Yeah. Ever so slightly. I'm All a big right. Miles Garrett guy. Good uh, good choices. They, they were good, man. Good ones. They were really Definitely. good ones. All right, let's um, let's hit our Eagles game lines and predictions. So, what do you what are you thinking in this one? I'll, I'll I'll let you get the first crack at it. Tony. tell me how you think it plays out, and tell me what you think the final is. So, so let, me that, um, let me real quick. The line has um, let me see where it's at for this game. All right, so the Eagles are there. It is three point favorites. Three point favorites in this game. I think the Eagles win this game thirty to twenty one. Um, I think it's going to be competitive for sure. Um, there's going to be a point in the game where the score is 23, 21, uh, but somehow, some way Josh Allen turns the ball over and the Eagles, um, put the nail in the coffin to make it the game 30, 21 to end it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm rolling with the birds and the Kelly greens 30, 21 over the Buffalo bills. 30, 21. Okay. Hmm. I think they will force two more turnovers in this game. I think mm. there will be the difference in this game. The Eagles, when I say they, I mean the Eagles. I think it will be the difference in this game. I think one of them is going to be late. One of them is going to be one of those, ooh, like if you're a Bills fan, you're cringing. And if you're an Eagles fan, you're going crazy. So I think that's going to happen. You're going to get one early, one late. I don't know if they're both going to be picks or one's a fumble or whatever. You get two big turnovers. I think they just fumble uh, for sure, though. For sure. I think we see um, – A.J. Brown get loose. 
for the obvious reasons that he didn't do much last week. I look for more of DeAndre Swift combo effort out of the backfield, uh, catching and running. And I think he's going to play well against the Bills. Uh, I think the, you know, one of the other things that you could see in this game, I, I expect because they were, I thought Jalen Carter had an impact on the game last week, but it, he was, he didn't really show up in the stat sheet. I think Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis make a difference in this game up the middle. I mm. like those two to do some things that'll open maybe some things up for the edge rushers to get home. They got one sack last week. I expect that to get up to three um, in Sunday's game. I think ultimately the Eagles win this thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to have, I'm going to put the score at like 28, 24. Uh, okay. Eagles. That's reasonable. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. I think they win. And I think it's a game where you feel like they built off of last week. So you'll, you'll feel good about where they are, you know, go obviously the next week against the Niners is going to be enormous. So yeah, I think they win. I think it's close, but I think the Eagles win. All right. All right. Yep, so that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Want to thank everybody in the chat. Awesome job as always guys tone. Good work out of you uh, during doing a little, uh, Double dip uh, as always, and, and you've been filling it, filling in very admirably uh, and very well for Gunner. So thank you for that. Um, yes, thanks to everybody streaming, everybody listening, and don't go anywhere because uh, you get more tone. You get tone and Dan Cilio with the National Football Show coming your way, and Tone and I will be back on Monday to recap each and everything that went down in this bad boy. So looking forward to it. All right, so everybody, enjoy your weekend. Uh, be safe. And uh, enjoy National Football Show with Tone, and we'll talk to you guys then. Tone, great job. See you, everybody. See you Monday. 